Intergalactic, intergalactic, planetary, planetary, intergalactic. Oh, uh, I, I was keeping it a secret the entire time we were hanging out, but you had agreed to come and talk to me about aliens. I sure did, Cotton. <laughs> now you remember. I do remember. It all comes flowing back to you like the river and sands of time. <sighs> you know what I deal with all the time? <laughs> People who need a CPAP, and no one wants to wear it after. I'm like, yeah, doesn't it remind you of the first alien movie? <laughs> They're like, you're right. And they're like, ah, fuck. And then they wake up at night in cold sweat. And they're like, ah! I gotta get this thing off of me. Yeah. Oh, shit. I love aliens. <laughs> I know, that's why. Right, so, cool. so you you had agreed on on our last episode because we got, we got a little too personal last episode. We got a little too... Now, it's not against me to sounding intimate or familiar. Um, it is just... Uh, this show is dumb, so I want to keep it. I want to keep it light. So let's talk about some dumb shit. And by dumb shit, I mean aliens. <laughs> <laughs> I I love the conversation of aliens. This is probably my third or fourth episode. I think it's my fourth episode talking about aliens with someone. And I have a different person on each one because I love to hear what people have to bring to the table. What their thoughts are, what their experiences are. I have so many alien stories saved that I could easily do like three more episodes of this shit. I love reading about aliens. I love watching aliens. I love watching science fiction in general. You introduce aliens in that. It's like peanut butter and jelly. Man. Let's let's start with the, the numero uno question. Dr. Einstein, do you believe in aliens? You ever hear the Blink-182 song, Aliens Exist? Well, do you know Tom DeLonge literally leads the To the Stars Academy? Fucking motherfucker. Left one of my favorite bands to pursue <laughs> did, his passion Did you know that? <laughs> did no, you? I didn't, but I knew he did some dumb <laughs> he, alien shit. He is the leader of the To the Stars Academy, and he is, he is at the forefront of of some of the biggest national headlines of our recent times because the Navy and our own government are starting to come out and be like, yeah, we might have seen some stuff. Such a bullshit. And just leak footage. Yeah, and yeah. And just let it go. Yeah. Because they got bigger shit to worry about. Yeah. They don't care anymore. Right. There was a point in time where the government <laughs> had some type of concern with releasing said information global anarchy uprising people just fundamentally losing their shit what have you where they didn't want to release this information for whatever reason they the world was not ready apparently all it took was us like jerking off online for 20 years and suddenly like we're ready yeah, <laughs> to, no, we're ready. to find out about <laughs> aliens because uh, because that's really the only thing that's changed we're not jerking off to paper anymore we've moved on to the digital stratosphere um, by that I mean the internet I think the internet made stuff like this a lot easier to swallow so uh, pun intended and when you think about just the alien resurgence the, the global idea of believability you know, where do you fall on that spectrum? Dude, 
I I thought about this a lot, but I think like they ha- there has to be other life out there, but it blows me away how perfect like human life is, like how we're just mm. like a perfect distance from the sun. We're a perfect mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I don't know. I see that's the other thing. Our planet is a petri dish of, on some dude's desk. Yeah. And he just hasn't stepped on it yet. You ever see Men in Black too? The locker. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I was gonna talk about the cat's necklace, but that's that's worse. Oh, dude, no, no, yeah, no. That's that, that's too. exactly it. But it's like yeah. I don't know how I feel about if the Earth was a mistake or not. I'm not sure, but mm. I think there's definitely other shit out there. This universe is so vast, you just can't. I remember when the first time I th- I, th- I thought like the speed of light, like yeah. you flip a switch and that's like a calculated equation. And you're like, holy shit! Yeah, and they're like, it oh, is literal the introduction of something yeah. that that wasn't there, the negativity of that, and then the time it takes for that to bounce off of all the atoms in the room, and get to back, light the room. and get back to your eye. And then you're talking about five. It needs to lines. bounce off of it and then get back to your eye. That's how light works. Yeah, but then it you're talking to about first. like five million light years away. Yeah, you're just flipping you a switch it, and it's five million light years. Shit. You can see yeah. it. Yeah, that's the cool thing. The fact that you can see that shit. The only thing that pisses me off. Is that like I haven't seen it? It really alien. grinds your gears. Yeah, it grinds my you fucking night. You're gears. Like, you're like pacing the carpet. Like, yeah. god damn it. Yeah, because I just watched it tomorrow. Like the War. dolphins just lost Off again. Again, but I watched it tomorrow. War, and mm-hmm. I was all mm-hmm. pissed off because mm-hmm. I was like, this is a great movie, but why can't we just have an awesome kumbaya alien movie? They come down here, they help us fucking with all our problems. Every well, the alien truth movie is because just... I wouldn't sell very well. Yeah, I know. People, just, people don't want to see that. <laughs> I know. I'd watch it. I'd fucking watch it. Well, that's the day the Earth stood still, pretty much. I watched that. that. Um, there's a 50s. It was 50s, and then it was remade in the early 2000s with Keanu Reeves. Um, <laughs> do you think I'm joking? <laughs> it's a real thing. I love Keanu Reeves. Um, he is uh, not good enough to save that movie. Um, it is the the question. A uh, 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 ship lands, very stereotypical saucer, and it literally opens up the little hatch door, and a big fucking guy steps out, and a little fucking guy steps out, and it gives you immediately your your uh, tall gray, short gray stereotypes when it comes to aliens, and then you realize the tall guy is really like 12 feet tall, and and the short guy is Keanu Reeves. Hmm. And then, um, you know, that puts that into perspective for you. There is no tall gray, short gray. Uh, The the tall guy is actually a sentient weapon, uh, and the short guy is the ambassador. He comes walking out to to humanity. You know, the, the president is on the line telling people what to do, how to act. Humanity has their guns drawn pointing at this guy. Keanu Reeves is just like, yo, what up, humanity? And some guy is like, shoot him! (laughs) And so they start firing, and naturally Keanu Reeves powers up big old Zorgon guy, and... He, he stops everyone from getting shot, and he, like, nullifies all their weapons. And Keanu Reeves says, like, hey, you know, that wasn't what you were supposed to do here, so, you know, we'll blow up the planet in, like, three days or something unless you guys learn how to, like, fix your fucking attitudes. And that's basically the movie is, is them trying to, you know, fix their fucking attitudes. Um, that That is the, the message. The movie is about Keanu Reeves getting hurt and humanity, like, saving him, and then he learns... Uh, compassion through humanity's experience that not not the people pulling the triggers of said guns or the people making the decisions or the people living on planet earth those are just the people who are uh, obstinate and taking power away from the, the younger 
living class, if you will. See, but that's exactly what would happen. Like if anything, that is like exactly that, what would happen. Yeah, like like, um, which I is think, why it's a boring ass movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're like this is predictable. It's what humans would do. I In think, the '50s, uh, no no sci-fi movie existed. There was <laughs> there are tons of movies that existed in the, in the sci-fi. And, uh, what I say this facetiously because. In the 50s, there was no killing whatever it was you were up against. They always talked them down. Oh, yeah, in we talked 50s, down the Germans. In the 50s, it was... In the 50s, <laughs> no, no, I'm talking oh, sorry, movies. Sorry, I'm sorry, talking, sorry, I'm, sorry. I'm saying in You're the right. movies. Koreans. In whatever. movies. In movies, it was always we like... talked them down. If we were talking about... Even if we're looking at, like, the blob, 50, it's like... Okay, here's this big thing. It came from space, and it literally just consumes matter. Mm-hmm. It is a it is a um, a vacuous fucking gelatin that just sucks everything in and destroys it. Um, and it's just rolling down the street. And what what do they do? They have a fucking conversation with it. It's insane. Um, you know that the what is it? Uh, Lost in space uh, in in their original like sixties. It's like, oh, what are these guys doing? Uh, they're lost. They need help. Well, they're just gonna go around and talk to a bunch of aliens. Right. <laughs> it's like, it's like that's that's just what, as as humanity got older, I guess, uh, the that those rose tinted shades came off a little bit, and I think what what came back was ethereal fear, <laughs> and the the general uh, scariness of the unknown, and that's where you get your, um, cryptozoological sense of. I don't like this. <laughs> Kill it. When it comes, yeah. When it comes to other creatures, when it comes to other other things. So then you have movies like The Thing and Alien, and and now now your fear is justified. Now now the xenophobic nature. Uh, of humanity is justified because if we don't like it, we kill it. We kill it. <laughs> and, we kill it. And you know that that comes into the the thing I've discussed on on the show multiple times with our other guests is I think the only reasons aliens haven't shown themselves is because they know we would fucking kill them. Yeah, good for you, aliens. It's America. Let's get out of here. Yeah, we'll nuke your fuck, ass. Fuck you, <laughs> fuckers. Um, We'd kill Jesus, dude. Jesus could come back, Jesus. and he could, he could come back and Je- be like, you know, the plot. Of, I'm Jesus. You know, the plot of You're Prometheus dead. two was that Jesus was an alien, and when he tried to demonstrate his powers to people, they were like, let's fucking kill him. I, that would happen right now. I guarantee it. <laughs> it would. Ha- he could come down Jam- here. And uh, kill not him. James Cameron. Ridley Scott wants everyone to believe that Jesus was an alien <laughs> in his movie, <laughs> and and the reason we killed him is because he was an alien doing magic alien shit, and yeah. no one could handle it. Yeah, and that would happen right um, now. So the, the answer <laughs> to your question is, yeah, I fucking definitely believe in it. What type? I'm not sure, but when it's happening, I don't fucking know. Um, well, let's talk about types then. Do you believe in uh, creatures that exist under the crust of the earth that have been living in the gl- uh, the like kind of uh, hollow earth kind of uh, empty caverns, the warm? The, what I'm talking about is the reptilians. Do you believe in this the skin wearing? lizard race of people. You mean, do I believe if someone's gonna crawl out of the ground when the temperature's <laughs> just right and wear me like a fucking Armani suit? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the reptiles for me are the hardest ones to believe, because I don't I don't inherently think anything good can come from this planet, so if you tell me some fucking alligator kid comes crawling out of the sewers one day and goes, yeah, here my, here's the rest of my family, I'd be like, fuck you. Kill it. <laughs> fuck you. Yeah, pretty much. You know, and that's, and that's when they say we were here before you. 
you know, we, we actually enslaved your race, you know, thousands of years ago. And when you became um, sentient and overpowered, we kind of just let you guys go. But we're back to kind of, you know, like, enslave you guys again. So laser whip, laser whip, laser whip. Nah, I, I, I don't believe in reptilians, not really, when it comes to that. What I think um, I believe in the most are probably just Nordics, the idea of humanoids that are from different times, different spaces, different different areas of the universe um, that are just coming here to blend in. Kind of like a men in black syndrome where you see someone who looks like a person and then you double take and you're like, that guy didn't look like a real guy at all. But then you like look for him and you can't find him anymore. You know, would, that that type of like glitch in the matrix bullshit. Would you believe him if like you met someone and he was like, hey, dude, I'm an alien. I'm an alien. I'm nah, not from here. I'd need demonstration. Would you kill him? No, I wouldn't. Oh, okay. I wouldn't kill an I'm just alien. Wondering. I'd get killed by an alien. I know. That's what I'm, I look uh, yummy to an alien. Yeah, he'd be like, "Yo, yeah, we'll like, in oh, this van." Cushy, cushy. <laughs> yeah, look at this. Look at this cushy, white, smushy human little meat sack over here. Yeah, let me live in that I meat sack, boy. Dude, he'd get me. He'd be like, "Yo, I got VIP tickets to Blink One Eighty Two, and I'd be like, "All right, <laughs> I'm in that van. I'm in the van. Dead <laughs> to I'm the dead. star." <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. Um, I. So, what's your favorite alien movie then? Uh, I, everyone knows my favorite movie is The Thing. The Thing is like. What I what I tell everyone to watch when it comes to to sci-fi horror. Out of all of the aliens that probably exist, I don't believe in tall grays or short grays or any type of little green Martian men. I don't believe in that shit either. I really just believe in either humanoid or insectoid. I think there there's too much evidence that like if mammals didn't exist, insects would, like, run this shit. Oh, for sure. And if you introduce any other planet older than ours, I would not be surprised at all if there was some type of fucking, like, insectoid race. Um, you know, praying mantises or mothmen, what have you. Um, I think that's far more believable than short grays, tall grays, or reptilians. Um... We, we, Earth is the reason why reptilians make sense. You can't go to Mars and make sense out of a reptilian. It doesn't have the temperature, the there. climate, the, the planet, you know, the, the way the planet's geographically made, it doesn't make sense. So, like, you know, you kind of have to make sense of, of our universe first. You know, when you come to terms with that dinosaurs had more feathers than they did scales you kind of start to think that, like, we really got this entire history thing wrong. Which is fun. It's just cool to, like... Oh, it's very fun. That, that as time goes on, we're like, ah, oh, we fucked up, ah, oh, we fucked up. Mm -hmm. But, like, you're thinking, talking about the insects, mm -hmm. I think about, like, the roaches, mm -hmm. how there were just these giant... Like you said, praying mantises, like, these gigantic, huge beasts because they had That's so a, much more oxygen. Yeah. And they were just taking over the planet like a cockroach now, apparently, like, 64 million years ago. Not even close. Yeah. So that's. I think that's a cool thought. There, there is a lot of like fun little things to think about, and what, and and that's why I say universe. Like, I don't necessarily think that like, if we're gonna come into contact with an alien, it's gonna be from outer space. I think if we're gonna come in contact with any type of extraterrestrial being, it's gonna be from a different dimension. Oh, I thought you were gonna say from Mexico. I'm actually I'm actually going in like two weeks, so I'll, I'll bring you one back. All right, cool, cool. But yeah, I'm going over to Puerto Vallarta. Gonna gonna chillax for my 29th birthday and just 
drink a lot of shit on the beach. It's coming up in August. Yeah. Nice, dog. Oh, I'm serious. In literally, two, like, two and a half weeks. Nice. Have a good time. I'm going to be in Mexico just fucking chilling. <laughs> Who are you going with? Franz McBoo. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say Fast and Furious uh, 9, uh, yeah. Charlize Theron. Charlize Theron. That dumbass bull cut. <laughs> Motherfuckers. You still haven't seen this thing, have you? <laughs> I need to literally, literally Google Charlie Theron haircut. Oh, so Dr. Enkenstein, how are you enjoying your, your fifth episode? This is your fifth episode, by I can't the way. fucking believe that. It's going great. It's going great. It's funny because, like, every time we try to do this, the more and more we sit around and bullshit before the episode... It just gets longer and longer and longer the more it feeds and longer. into our eventual yeah. demise. Dude, the first time. Look what they did to my girl. Jesus, it's a bowl cut for real. Who thought this was a good idea? I don't know. Did she do that to herself? You took one of the most attractive women. Yeah, huh? You took one of the most attra- That's absolutely yeah. fake. You Damn. take one of the most attractive women in Hollywood and you give her. Oh. And you give her a fucking penis bowl what cut. What happened? In one of the biggest Sorry, franchises Charlie. of all time. Right. They did my girl dirty. That's a shame, dude. It is. It's a it's a global catastrophe. He has a terrible look. Like if your girl came home with that haircut, would you be like, hey, break up? You, yeah, exactly. That's an ending. Our relationship. marriage is called off. <laughs> I'm divorcing you. It's no longer <laughs> happening. No, dude. I... <laughs> you can keep the kids. They're Seriously. gonna have to accept you like this. I'm leaving. She shows up with the, all the kids bowl cutted. I kill the kids, kill I kill the wife, and I kill myself. <laughs> Just like a good old American. Can't this. <laughs> yeah. I, I handle my own shit. I'm human to my core. Nah, dude, I think aliens are cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Mexicans are cool. Me too, so, man, especially when they're fixing my lawn. Anyway. <laughs> We're the fucking worst, man. I, I like I like your episodes because we go from being unhinged to telling good stories. <laughs> the stories we tell on your episodes are very fun, and, and it's because we uh, the the active the active process of recording them has zero fucks involved. I know, <laughs> and and it's one of the easiest experiences for me because I don't have to do much work. There are other people that I have to like carry through this fucking show sometimes. And and with you, it's just like, let's just fucking talk about some dumb shit for, for, for three for, hours. You know? <laughs> yeah, aliens. Aliens is one of the most entertaining topic because we don't have answers. We don't None. know. Your imagination is boundless it when is. it comes to this shit. So it is. so where do you lean? Where do you go? Are you are you gay for them Nordic? You know, beautiful Swedish looking aliens that say, "Oh, come onto my ship. Let me touch you." And then you, you get up there and they stick a, something in your butt and then you wake up three weeks later not knowing where the fuck you just were. Uh, and, then, the, and then photos remember? start to surface yeah. and, then, <laughs> and they show you naked wandering <laughs> through Amsterdam uh, tripping off, you know, ketamine. <laughs> so whatever, man. You know, it, it happens. But uh, there's the other side of it, the nerdy scientific side of it that says... Aliens could very much exist, and they could they could so much be publicly trying to show themselves even now. And our government is actively um, ignoring the prospect of of even going public with it. Like there's there's all this footage now. There's all this footage of of different shit, um, bullet bullet shaped ships being found off of coasts. Um, flying angular discs, you know, like triangles, 
coming up out of the water and, and doing some type of lateral movement that, that doesn't make sense for a gyroscopic aircraft and then taking off at an insurmountable speed up into the air. Like, you can't explain some of this shit. And and that that's neato. It is cool. It's pretty neato. It is cool. If you didn't know that Tom DeLonge <laughs> was, was jerking off to all of this footage every single night, um, you should go and look at it. You should go and have an eye on it so Ugh. that you can jerk off to it too, my man. It's so hard because I like because <laughs> I love Blink. I love him. I love Blink. So Mark's much. got cancer. Oh yeah, I forgot about. Yeah, that. I hope it brings Didn't it back you, together. Just th- fucked up. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's gonna not happen because he's uh, too into aliens. He's too into aliens. But two things I think about that dude. Just fuck your cancer. I love aliens. <laughs> Sorry, bitch. I ain't your, doing a reunion mom, tour. Your mom doesn't come to your hospital bed because she's too into aliens. Tom DeLonge. Tom DeLonge. <laughs> like, with the with the aliens, like, I think about, like, the vastness of the universe, and I'm just like, I can't fathom it. Like, I can barely fathom, like, the duration it takes me to go from the east side of PA to west side of PA. Mm-hmm. So then I think about, like, how could there not be anything out there? But it's funny that all the stuff that we've seen so far and anything remotely that we can get close to, like Mars, Jupiter, we haven't found any type of intelligent life. But that's bajillion miles away. Yeah. So I don't know, like, what's past that, though? Because I know they've seen past that with these telescopes, which is insane. We know for a fact that there are other Earth-like planets in the next neighboring system. So it's all about... What's on the other side of the curtain, I think? Yeah, who's going to get there first? Are uh, we going to get there first? Are they going to come back here first? Do they not want to do this? Second thing is, there was a... Someone, do you think we're going to witness it? Do you think we're going to be old enough? I don't know. I don't know if, the gov- if I trust the government enough to be like, when they tell me shit, I'm super skeptical. And Oh, absolutely. Off the rip. So and I'm then like, if it does ah. happen, how, how, what part of you is yeah. going to believe it? To yeah. What ex- to what extent? Till I see it myself. To what extent? And yeah. when it does happen... How does it happen? You know, naturally, in a tomorrow war situation, we would know all too late and pretty much be eradicated as a meat puppet human race. But when it comes to shit like Mars attacks or like fucking Predator, like maybe you wouldn't know as fast. Maybe maybe you would just kind of catch the news one night and be like, oh, shit. What? What's yeah, what the fuck? Over in Ecuador? Yeah, <laughs> Ecuador. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> that's some crazy shit. And then I go on with my life and, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not, not give a fuck. Yeah, I don't know. There's a... Dude, there's someone I took care of. And this is just odd. And it's you hard. Killed him? You killed I him? I didn't him? kill him, thank God. <laughs> you said uh, you took I it. actually saved this motherfucker. Oh, okay. But he is not adamant. not pay you anymore because you, you told me you'd take care of him. Oh no, I took care of him. But he uh oh I took care of him already. Right. <laughs> okay, you got But paid uh now. he uh he was saying that he was driving in his car and he was driving I forget where it was, but there was just like over above him and his fiance who was in the car with him, just like a super bright, very, very, very warm light. And it was for like a couple minutes. They showed me a couple pictures that I couldn't make out of it, and then boom, it was gone. But right after that he started having heart problems. Just like just just bad heart problems. He had skin problems. But that could have been a biological effect. It could have been like a 
a lapse in his fucking neurons. You know, I don't his, know. His processing. I, his, I don't know. His visual cortex could have been like. But he swears. Like he swears it was some type totally. of alien thing. But I'm like, okay, well, what I if it was shit. and it was like a ton of radiation or something like that that it delivered through the I car? Have I have friends know. on this show don't who know. have told me that they have had, they have seen stuff they can't explain. Physical, like, first-person contact that they cannot justify with with actual losses of time. I've never there, had that there, There's some crazy shit, yeah. I'm a very fearful individual. I'm not going to say I'm, like, a scared little bitch or anything. I'm just saying I'm driving my car at 3 o'clock in the morning through a cornfield, and I start to see lights in the distance. I'm, I'm going to poop my pants. See, I don't understand these people who go towards it. Oh no! I drive away from it. That's just what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm, we're the I same. I gotta get home that. and change my pants. Yeah, I gotta go. I'm not going towards it. I'm like if there's pants, I'm trying to stop at a Wawa on the way home yeah. to get uh, macaroni and cheese. Got poo poo sliding out of my pants. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make for a good mac and cheese. It depends if mac and cheese came out. <laughs> oh, E.T. I forgot he was sitting Oh, I forgot ass. about him, too. That's fun. Little fucking basket. Yeah, look at that guy. Dude, I'm not going to lie. One of my childhood fears, for some reason, was that E.T., when I was taking a shit, was in the shower. So before I, every dump I took from, like, 8 to Doctor. 25, I opened the fucking shower curtain. Doctor. Fuck I mean, that guy. Like, sticks his finger up your butt. Yeah. If he came out at me, Ouch. I would just punch him in the face. That's it. He's very punchable. He I'll, is. I'll give you that. Um, he's like... He's like Just fucking like touches himself so he can heal. I like his finger. Yes. Anyway, (laughs) I I, (laughs) ET. What a what a guy. Hats off to you, Steven Spielberg, for creating an ugly little thing that people like. Anyway, making billions. What's your favorite alien movie? My favorite alien movie. It's tough. Um, but I think my favorite alien movie is uh, Alien Covenant. I love it. I love the action. I like the uh, like the the follow up to Prometheus. I, lo- I like uh, I don't know. I like all of it. I love like yeah, the xenomorphs and like what they do to it or the free xenomorphs. Yeah, the they do. They the, do. They, they look the most believable they will probably ever get. Yeah, it was neat. Um, Might be a Conker's Bad Fur Day. I, <laughs> I got him over there. Young Conker over there. He's chilling over there. That's cool. Oh, fuck yeah. I played that game forever. I'm gonna level with you. I fucking... I hate Prometheus. <laughs> yep, Barry. And I fucking hate Covenant. You don't I, like Covenant? I, oh. I don't like I, either of them. All right. I love um, them both. But they're... But they're, it's cool that you like them. Yeah, I like them both, man. Hey, do you have Barry, too? That's cool. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Say something else, man. Say something. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. I think that's one of the first things, like, when I was a kid, like, my older cousin was like, hey, man, want to play this, like, rated Not MA game? game? Yeah, I was like, yeah, sure. And then you go to, like, the Teddy Wars. <laughs> and you're just like, dude, this game is yeah, the shit. Totally oh, yeah, that's a fucking great, that's a great game front fight, to back. The Drunk a, Bee. You fight a poo monster. The bee just wants to fucking Oh, I love the bee. The big old oh, I love that bee. And you're just trying to get home so you can fucking pick to your girlfriend. Very... Yeah, man. That's a good game. Good times. Did they ever re-release that? Yeah. They did? That's the fully reloaded. That's oh, that's the cool. H- then, then Rare Replay has an HD Remax. That's so, cool. So I, I do have that. 
Um, no, yeah, it's a cool game. But yeah, I like those fucking movies. I think they're cool. I like all of the, it. the entire Alien franchise. Oh, it's is, neat. It's very fun. They're we, coming out with a TV show that I'm very excited. Oh, for. okay, I didn't know that. We watched yeah. the the Prometheus on and like did like all the Alien movies. The Alien Three fucking sucked. <laughs> I hated it. I like Alien Three. Oh, I was like Ridley Scott. I no, that was Fincher. Oh, that it wasn't Ridley was, Scott. That was David Fincher. Oh, I thought it was Ridley Scott. No, Ridley Scott only made the first one. Um, Wait, he didn't make the second one? James Cameron. James Cameron. Oh, I thought fucking Terminator 2. That's cool. Yeah, that's why it's got such a different feel. Oh, that's why he cast the same fucking guy as... Michael Bain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I thought that was cool, too, because... But how many ships we're gonna waste finding new planets is my question. That's why every every well, fucking movie. and that's movie. why and that's why Alien. That's why I have a soft spot for Alien Three because there were only so many directions that you can go with those types of movies. And I actually like the fourth one too. And I'm a I'm a I'm a proud fan of that French filmmaker. His uh, he he had made um, Delicatessen and. Uh, I, be, I believe Lost City of Children and maybe even Amelie, but that that director is really fucking talented, and he just like woke up one day and said, "Ah, eh, I want to do the next Alien movie." And the plot is pretty stupid, but I think the movie looks good, um, and it does what it needs to do as far as like a B B plot sci fi bullshit movie. That's funny see, that we're the, so far apart on like what we like like Alien movies. See the, the, on the th- franchise. What what you get me with is canon canon kills me in universe shit kills me if you introduce a character who just like fundamentally doesn't make sense i'm gonna be very upset if he just continues to like manhandle a franchise and that's pretty much what what michael fassbender's character does in both prometheus Prometheus and Covenant. covenant um there is no if those two movies took place before alien why do we have a fully enveloped xenomorph and then what happened to the to the demorph that was at the end of prometheus and and the the fucking deacon what and then what happened like why why are there no eggs why are they just these little pods oh that, the, oh, that oh, like oh, sprout in covenant yeah like like what are you doing man like you're you're rewriting your first movie but in a way that doesn't make sense and and I'm afraid we're at a, a point literally we are at a point where people don't give a fuck about your explanation or your answers they don't they want to watch these movies to watch a fun alien movie and that's that's where you win me over that's I think the acting is great um, I think the action is great I think the film work is great I think the special effects are great and then, and then you lose me on something as trite as plot and writing. That just makes me disappointed. Hmm. That just makes me sad. But it's because not trite. It's as a, a, as a fan, as a fan of the series, it shouldn't be hard for someone like me who isn't even like a mega fan. Like I've I've read some comics. I I I've watched the original series enough to know that like. If you wanted to link this stuff a little bit more, there could have been tons of easier ways to do it. So why does he go about... He makes very stylistic choices that do not match the rest of the franchise. And for me, that just seems like a downplay to to drag out something. And, like, 
I, I fall back on all of this prior knowledge that I've talked about on other episodes of the show where Ridley Scott wanted to do this entire series. He Prometheus was just the fucking, like, like fucking fingernail on this series that he wanted to do um, called Paradise Lost, and it was all about how um, there are these giant alien gods, and they're the ones who created the engineers, and the engineers created humanity as a as a scapegoat for the eventual uprising of whatever these alien gods were forcing the engineers to do and it's supposed to be this entire franchise about how humanity uh, f- doesn't doesn't fall on an alien planet not in prometheus they don't fall onto an alien planet they fall onto a planet of gods hmm. they fall onto a planet of literal creatures the size of skyscrapers that don't even pay attention to them because they are just so rank and file just above the existence of these little things ants the way we look at ants you know what i mean and it was it when i read about this shit it was so mind-blowing that when you give me something like prometheus where a literal scientist walks up to a thing and says let me touch it it just kills me because with with his writing, you see such creativity and uh, a need for exploration and discovery. And then in execution of the movies, you see scientists saying, oh, weird organism never known to humanity before. Let me touch it. Come on, man. It's like funny because <laughs> the first thing I thought of when you're telling me that is what drugs is he on when he wrote this first thing and where do I get them? You, and then, you should look into Paradise Lost. It is some of the craziest sounding shit that he's wrote. He wrote it, yeah. That's it cool. was what he it is what he he walked up to Fox and they don't own him anymore. Disney does. Um but but he walks up to Fox and he goes I'm the one who made the first one. I never made any of the other ones. Let me bring this back. We'll make a. We'll make billions of dollars. They go, what do you want? And he goes, I want a three-movie arc, all rated R, all with, like, $300 million budgets. And they told him to turn around yeah. and shove it. Yeah. Put, stick it up your ass. And he said, okay, what if we do one movie with a $150 million budget, and I take out all of the religious overtures, all mm-hmm. of the biological extremities we take out the dragon gods and we just make it about them finding the engineers the first step if you will and they go yeah i don't see how this has much to do with alien but like fucking sure whatever was that and covenant they, and, they, and they give it to him no it's prometheus that was prometheus and so he goes and he does prometheus the reviews come back confused the movie makes enough money but not enough to warrant a sequel so he comes back and he says all right, so now that we established the engineers, we can establish who is leading the engineers, which are these giant dragon god people that are, like, fucking overseeing the universe. And they're just like, let's stop you there, bud. Because this movie didn't do well enough for us to warrant giving you more money to do another one. Let's put in more aliens into this alien series. And he goes, what? And then go, here's what, you're going to call it alien. It's not going to be called some other artsy fartsy bullshit like Prometheus. It's not going to. It's not going to make a rhythmic amount of sense. It's just going to call it Alien again, and it's going to have aliens in it, and it could take place on another planet, but it's going to have aliens in it, and you need to do that instead. And he goes, "If this does well, can I do my can I do my Dragon God planet?" And they go, "Yeah, sure, whatever." 
knowing full well that they are talking to Disney about literally getting rid of their entire film and media unit. So he pours all of his blood, sweat, and tears into this, in my opinion, sad excuse for a fucking alien movie. And it comes out to pretty, eh, reviews. I remember it making, it made back what it, what it put in, but at the end of the day, you have a rehash of the first movie. A generic space team goes on to generic planet they didn't think of existing. Bad thing happens to person. Person gets pulled back onto ship. Ship goes down. They are now stuck on bad planet. Um, hilarity ensues. And that's Covenant. And that's Covenant. See, I fucking love... All right, so... It's okay that you like it. No, I know it is. And, and at the end of the day, I, I can I can go back and watch it and be like, yeah, this is fun. This is fine. No, but... It just makes me angry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know what you mean, because I didn't know that over the whole dragon, whatever the fuck it was. But, like, when I watched the first... When I watched Prometheus... It's not public knowledge. He wrote in... He wrote several art books and detailed different plots and journals that you can buy and read. It never happened, so for all intents and purposes, it doesn't exist. But, uh, yeah, well, still, it's still good to know. But like I said earlier, he wanted the second movie to literally begin with Jesus being an engineer, and the engineer tries to, like, spread his magical gifts, and the people of Jerusalem literally put him him. on a cross. Right, and there we go. (laughs) Yeah, and that's exactly what happened today. No, but I I get fucked up because... Okay, Prometheus, the first one, obviously. And, like, there, Michael's, like, a little talky-back fucking robot piece of shit. And I'm like, okay, whatever, you're, you're like, an angsty, I'm more better than, I'm better than humans, blah, 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 blah. And then he ends up delivering that toxin to the engineers. He kills all the engineers. And my question I've always wondered was, for what purpose? That whole scene. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I understand. And then the... The only thing I liked, or one of the things I liked about it was that ship falls. They explore the ship, whatever, with the, the you're talking about the religious overtones. I was reading that, remember that first fucking guy who breaks through the suit? Is this, yeah. It's supposed to be like the the uh, snake in the Garden of Eden. Totally. And like, he, you know, that's where it starts the whole thing. And then I like that they, they can't get off that fucking whatever the fuck planet was. He basically somehow, he just goes from a head to being a full body again. And then he dissects Elizabeth Shaw, mm-hmm. works on her to make, like, the alien creation, and then it goes yeah. from there. And that's yeah. what I liked about it. And I was like, oh, this is neat. Oh, no, it's a, it's a fun new lens at to which Where it interpret uh, the beginning of the series. I, I, am, I am at a loss because what I look at as the beginning of the series is eggs on army ship, army ship in middle of nowhere with dead engineer. Where did this come from? Why are there eggs? Why are there eggs? And yeah, where the eggs come from? And you still you still haven't matched those two. The 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 plot we are missing here is that there are renegade engineers who do not want to work for the dragon, dragon people. And what they do is they come up with military weapons using humans as ammunition hmm. to essentially create the perfect weapon and and kill what created them. And that's that's the the that's the thread we're missing. Because Ridley thinks he needs an entire fucking series arc to to convey that tone. But we still don't connect on 
the ending of Covenant um, being an android created the alien the xenomorphs yeah if humanity created androids and androids created xenomorphs you just made engineers obsolete yeah they're out of the picture pointless right because they don't come into any point of they're in the Prometheus and Covenant so why is the thing carrying alien eggs in the first alien movie not an android why is it an engineer see and this is your problem bro you think about these movies too hard I'm just like, yes, it's a fucking great movie. Do I? Or is that surface level information? Yes, no, no, no. You just got to sit back. Is that surface level information that I just can't get past? No, dude. No, no. You think about it too hard, man. Like this subplotty plot. I think about it too hard because that movie came out in the 80s and is supposed to be the first. First one. And then this movie that comes out in 2000 claims. It's the first. No, it's the second first. To be before that. It's the second first. And that's where I say, no, 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 no. You are doing a bad job at being grandfather. <laughs> Bro, you just go back and watch it again. Just like Fast Nine. <laughs> just like Fast Nine. I'm telling you, man. I'll get over her bowl cut at some point. God. I won't. Now that's an alien. <laughs> no, that's... that's a fucking alien. Oh, shit. Do you want to read a story? Yeah, sure, dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, man. We've been talking about fucking Alien Covenant. What um, the fuck else did Ridley Scott do? Is he doing it? So they're not doing any other alien movies now? That's it, we're done. The, uh, Noah Hawley, the guy behind Legion, who I actually think is very talented, um, was greenlit to do a show for what is now... Oh, it's the show. FX. FX slash Hulu, which is Disney's mature... Dude, what don't they own? Disney's mature uh, program creator, um, content creator. Um, and that's that's where we are going to get a Earth-based... Wayland Utani show, but they are calling it Alien something or other. So that I interpret that as saying at some point this series is going to have a xenomorph and it's going to be on Earth. Where in the timeline right. does that make sense right, now? Right. Because I now you're know. telling me that this could be after Covenant, and now you're telling me this could be after two. I hope someone fucking answers us because I want to know now because it's true because I'm thinking about Prometheus the first one yeah. obviously jeez I keep saying that Prometheus yeah. and then like the engineers yeah. like the guy wakes up when they find when they when they decode the shit and, and then he and tries he looks, to kill him and he looks at he looks at the robot guy and then the old guy yeah like, he just fucking like kills like they're him. fucking nothing yeah and then he's like oh I'm gonna go Pimps blow Earth up yeah and then it doesn't happen but then they highlight again, like in Covenant, the beginning of Covenant, they go back to the engineers. But it's like, that's true. Where do they fit into all of it? Because they get pushed out. I when you watch Alien 1, 2, 3, yeah. the, they're not there. The sect of military-grade dickheads who made xenomorphs before David... Um, engineer-based xenomorphs, let's call them deacons, because that's the code name that he used in, in Prometheus. That triangle-headed one that pops out at the end of Prometheus is called a, a deacon. It is a xeno that's, that, that is, comes out of a squid that gets attached to an engineer, not a that was it. human. That was it. Um, something like that happened at some point, and these things got loose and probably ruined the entire planet, and that ship is there because it probably nuked the entire fucking place. 
Um, now, my perspective is they were stopping there to nuke the place before going back and killing um, the livestock, which I assume is Earth, Earth and, right. and all of humanity. Right. But then... The plot of Covenant, those engineers are just slaves. Those are just people who are being overseen by some type of intergalactic bureaucracy. So... Michael shows up. They had nothing to do with the, the engineers yeah. that, that, yeah, yeah. that he no, met Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'd like a connection movie there. But he... But he shows up all the same, Christopher Columbus, and yeah. says, fuck y'all. And he kills them all. And kills all of them. Right. Yeah, we need a connector there. We need a lot Yeah, Ridley, if you're listening, <laughs> that'd be nice. Can you just hook us up, or anybody? Can you explain some, anything at all? Anybody who can listen to this, explain what we're missing and the connection. Um, well, well, the, the, only, th- the only stuff I know is, is, is from a, point, a, a perspective of which... Um, Prometheus and Covenant never existed. All that I know is intent. When when the stuff that exists doesn't match said intent, I become disenfranchised. Yeah, I never read about the intent. And I you don't care. Rat. No one would care about the intent. You you care about yeah. the product. Yeah, right. You go and you watch yeah. the movie and you say this was fun. Yeah. I go and I watch the movie and I say, but this was supposed to be something else. Avril Lavigne made a song about this, bro. It's called Why Gotta Be So Complicated. Yeah. <laughs> and then she married that dickhead from Nickelback. And then she died. Mm. But was reborn in 2004. If you know how many conspiracies are on her death? <laughs> yeah. Actually. Why? Why? You like. Why are you going to fuck with Avril? Huh? Because she's married to Chad Kroger. Anyway. Um, oh, she is? Yeah. Lead singer in Nickelback? That wasn't a joke, man. No, I thought she married. I know she was with the dude from Sum 41 and broke up with him. But I'm then, pretty sure she's with the dude from Nickelback. That is great. <laughs> it's awful. Dude, what? <laughs> He's just singing This Is How You Remind Me, like, around the house all the time. Have a hero can save us. Just, just shut up and fuck me already. No. Watch it Look at this photograph. I, I just I don't I don't want any I don't want anything to do with it. With what? <laughs> anyway, with them banging? so yeah, man. Oh, <laughs> so I'll, I'll listen. Um, let's uh, <laughs> we got to, <laughs> we have to read some shit tonight. Okay, okay, okay. We have to read some shit. Tonight. All right, all right, all right. Um, I picked two short stories. Okay. Um, that I want to read tonight, and I want you to take the first one if you can. It's it's that long. I sure can, Con. And um. It's called Unwanted Room. And when you, when you think about that, what comes to mind? Unwanted Room. Yeah. <sighs> Fuck. All I'm thinking about is drinking more bourbon. <laughs> but listen, uh, listen to Nickelback. <laughs> yeah, listen to Nickelback. I'm thinking about him just going after Avril that's singing not, Photograph. That's Unwanted Room right there. Um, Wanted by me. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe like a room... Like, in a house where you're just like, this isn't a closet, this isn't a pantry, mm-hmm. this is just... I don't even know what this is. What even goes here? Yeah, what goes here? What do I put here? I'm not sure. All right, so this is Unwanted Room, and this is actually a creepypasta. Great. Should I go now? I'm going now. Okay. Unwanted Room. I thought it was a great house and at a price we could afford. Despite being laid off after 10 years of steady employment and a new baby. I know, 10 fucking years, motherfucker? 10 goddamn years. Where are you working at? Arby's? 
and a new baby in my wife's arms. The area was rural. The nearest neighbor is not even a sight from our kitchen window, and the previous owner had left a lot of furniture that we didn't have. That's nice. That is really nice, just like the guy with the dryer. <laughs> from our yeah, small one-bedroom apartment in the city to this place, it was like finding a piece of heaven. The real estate agent had been nice as she showed us several different places all out of our price range. Fucking bitch. Then suddenly the previous owner had passed, and his children didn't want the property, so it became available. I was eager to get the house. It was modest enough for our growing family. What else could we want? The agent had what I thought at the time was a funny story to tell us. Before she could even tell us the asking price, she said that she was required by law to inform us that a paranormal research team had visited the house under the notion that the place was haunted. Hell yeah. She assured us that the investigation happened 20 years ago and there was no evidence of a haunting, just some old dumb family rumors that scared the residents at the time. Great. We all had a laugh at that. <laughs> yeah, I'm having a laugh. <laughs> that was the ghost. Especially my wife, Molly. We were both skeptics of the paranormal. We didn't believe in ghosts and vampires any more than we believed the moon landing was real. Wow, Buzz Aldrin would be really offended. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah. The agent didn't have the exact details, but it was a clean house. I put a bid on it immediately. Never bothering to inspect the house for damages or insect infestations, a decision came to my regret. <laughs> Our first week was uneventful. Molly and I took the upstairs master bedroom, and little baby Ethan got the room next to ours. There was a third bedroom, which sparked Molly's interest in having another child. I didn't have a problem with that. The attempts were the best part for me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and, she knew, and she never knew I used the condom so that I could be with her without risking getting her. What? How did she not know that I'm you had a rubber? I, I'm going to go back again. And she never knew I used a condom so that I could be with her without risking getting her pregnant. <laughs> Yee. Hun, you feel really s slick tonight. Oh, dude, can you imagine if your dick raw felt, felt like, like a condom? A condom. No. That sucks. <laughs> she was so beautiful with long brown hair and chocolate brown eyes. Her slight Asian heritage Ooh. showed in the small slant of her eyes. My purely European ancestry didn't mind at all. Her body was something I couldn't be more proud of. With her skin as soft as satin and her ample breasts, Ooh. there was no sign that she'd ever been pregnant. This is this is great. I'm glad you're reading this. It's a good story. The second Tuesday after moved in, the problems began. <sighs> there were subtle things, all which could be attributed to faults in the house. Though I could see why someone obsessed with the paranormal would immediately assume ghosts were at work. Molly was the first hit as she went to take a shower before leaving for work. As she stood naked under the spray of water. I see an alien just chilling in the shower, just staring at her. <laughs> it's Ridley Scott with the Covenant hey. poster. No, I was thinking of E.T. Oh, what shit, you said no. <laughs> Get out of my shower. shower. <laughs> anyway, Ouch. this bitch is in the shower with a bathing suit on. <laughs> as she stood under the hot water. Fuck. As she stood naked under the spray of the water, the hot water stepped, and she jumped out of the shower screaming. I comforted her with a large towel and then sat myself to check in the water heater. I thought it odd that all the sinks still had hot water, but I was determined to check it out. I didn't have any experience, though as a husband, I felt qualified. <laughs> right. It was like I was given a book on how to be a man when I was married just to do all the things the husband was expected to do. I hadn't been in the basement much since moving in. The movers brought all the boxes down, and Molly was the one to search through them. In my inspection, I noticed a strange architecture that formed the foundation of my new home. It was old, blended with cunning skill to the newer sections of the basement. I was never good with history, and I couldn't place it immediately, but some of the carvings reminded me of what Molly and I had seen in our old Roman church on our honeymoon in Ireland. Perfect to find in your basement. Yar. 
That had been a special place. The tour guide had explained that the Romans had no known success past Hadrian's Wall in England, and the church was evidence that the empire had spread further than previously known. They even might have made it across the Atlantic, the guide had joked. A lot of educated historians and archaeologists were in the news infrequently, talking about Europeans in New England long before Columbus arrived, though I barely paid attention to it. The water heater was in the corner of the basement, in what appeared to be the newer section, though the entire place was dark and filled with cobwebs of spiders long gone. The cylindrical device was in a recently built cabinet to hide it from view, as if the notion of finishing the basement had come to mind before being abandoned. There wasn't anything in the cabinet with the heater other than more webs that had been abandoned by their makers. I wonder how long it had been since anyone actually checked the machine. I had to brush several webs aside just to get a good look at it. I already said that I'm not taken to believing in unknown and mysterious, but I felt dread being in that place. I could feel eyes watching me, though I never saw the source. It's E.T. in the shower. Motherfucker. <laughs> I swallowed my pride and looked at the heater, expecting to know nothing. But I did! A valve dial was turned almost entirely to the right. A worn label was beside it, but I risked a danger and turned it to the left. Gasp. Opening the valve. There were no explosions and the heater didn't react differently. When I checked the shower, the hot water was working again. I told Molly with feigned mastery, knowing that the valve was likely closed enough that it allowed some hot water through, but wasn't reliable. I fixed it, twisting one of the knobs until it was fully open. I stayed home, unemployed as I was. <laughs> Molly appreciated it. I was able to watch our child and work on what I've always dreamt of, composing music. Oh, oh God. Ethan slept most of the time, waking only when hungry or after he soiled himself. Same. <laughs> it was good for me. The baby monitor I kept a few feet away was almost always silent. And because he couldn't tell me what he dreamed of, I didn't know what was going on in his head. Thinking of a baby laugh, I didn't know what a baby could dream of other than milk and maybe Molly's breasts. I dreamt about them all the time. <laughs> the fact that he felt it necessary. <laughs> I know. Day. I love it. Other things happened. All that I was able to explain bunch of other away. Shit <laughs> anyway, bunch By of shit. By the way, aliens. Molly's breast I'm covenant. I'm hoping for that to happen. <laughs> By the way, some aliens are here. In my yeah, shower. six years have passed from the missing cordless phone to missing silverware. This could easily be my fault. Old, oh, odd cold spots appeared, but always seemed to be the result of a broken vent or something else changing the air around it. Then there were the lights. Oof. When I say that, I mean the lights, yeah, come on dog. I mean the lights would turn on and off, seemingly random, even if somebody was in the room. I checked numerous times to see if there might have been bad wiring, but I'm no electrician. <laughs> I'm not anything, I'm a music writer. <laughs> I'm a fucking SoundCloud rap artist. <laughs> we eventually bit the bullet, and after I admitted my ineptitude, called someone that really knew what they were doing. The electrician was, was a kid barely out of school who acted as though he had a lifetime's worth of knowledge. I led him to the basement in the circuit box, showing him the tangle of wires. He mumbled something about a long job and set to work examining the wires. I found a chair that was free of infestation and watched him work. When I was a young, when I was young, a contractor stole things from her house when nobody was around. Since then, I always watch. <laughs> I accept that people are flawed, but that doesn't mean I have to trust them. So as the kid started his work, I relaxed and pulled a worn book out of my pocket to read. I figured my presence there would be enough to deter any thoughts of theft, but not watching, I didn't see what was happening to him. I know that he was examining several wires that passed over the old part of the basement when I heard a noise. It sounded like a scraping sound, followed by a murmur of surprise and a whoosh of air. I stood to investigate, and the kid ran into me. Burn it down, man! Just get out! He was saying as he collided with me. His skin was pale and eyes wide. I jokingly asked if he saw a ghost. 
His silent reaction to that question was more frightening than his appearance. I left a discarded book in the basement floor where I had dropped it and ran after the kid. The electrician nearly broke the kitchen screen door as he ran outside to his truck. When I reached the door, the kid was backing down the driveway. From what I could see, he was sweating profusely with the same shocked demeanor. In moments, he was gone. His tires screeched as he slammed the pedal down in his escape. I've never seen that happen to a person. I didn't know what to make of it. Curiously, I returned to the basement to see if I could find what might have frightened the kid. Fuck that. I first noticed the book I had left. <laughs> I, I closed the basement oh, yeah. door. Yeah, I closed the basement life. door and I burned the house down. That'd be my story. I first noticed that the book I had left and I thought fallen on the floor was resting peacefully in a small table beside the chair with a scrap of paper acting as a bookmark. I couldn't remember doing it, and considering that I dog-ear the pages when I take a break, the bookmark was highly unlike me. I put the small book back in my pocket and circled to the other side of the basement where the electrician had been. It appeared as though he was at a portion of the basement where the old and new portions were blended together with artistic grace. There was white dust everywhere, and I noticed that some of the wires were inside the wall engulfed by plaster. I tugged one of the wires and made the same scraping sound I heard earlier. It wasn't hard to figure that the electrician was pulling out some of these wires when something happened to him. I looked over at the several wires that were free and noticed one that had been pulled out more, done by the electrician. I moved to inspect the area that the wire had been ripped from when I heard the sound that immediately took my focus, a baby crying. I rushed up the stairs to find Ethan lying in his crib, wrapped in a small blanket crying. His eyes were pinched shut and he was slightly curled in a fetus. Back in his mother? What the fuck? I went to him, thinking of nothing but my son. He cried as I picked him up, and as I held him close, he grabbed my sweatshirt with his small hands. I circled the room, trying to calm him down, but nothing worked. I decided to feed him and walk to the hall. Ethan stopped crying the very instant that I stepped out of the room. I looked at him strangely and stepped back into the room. Ethan began crying again. <laughs> Make up your fucking mind. Yeah, wailing as if haunted by something. Yeah, I threw him out the fucking window. I couldn't see. I took him out of the room, and once again, the tears stopped. I admit to my confusion, as I brought him to the kitchen where Molly kept several bottles for him. I rested him comfortably in a playpen he could grow into I put him using. in the fridge next to the beers. And he cut his fine. ass off as I prepared some food for him. Once I knew it wasn't too hot or too cold, I went to my son. He drank some, but he wasn't as hungry as his crying would have otherwise suggested. He burped a little and fell asleep in my arms. I carried him to the master bedroom and put him in, in a bassinet in the corner. When Molly came home, he was still sleeping. I'm home, she called as always. I went to the stairs to usher her up and carried him to his crib. He was sleeping and didn't wake when she brought him across the threshold. She found me, smiling as always, and led me to the kitchen where she prepared a small dinner for us. That night we were both woken by Ethan screaming, which reminded me again of his awful tears earlier in the day. Molly brought him into our room and he slept in the bassinet without disturbing us once. He slept in the bassinet for two more nights, stopping us from attempting another child. (laughs) Before the sexual tension between us grew too strong, Molly waited for Ethan to sleep and brought him to his crib. At 2 o'clock in the morning, he started to cry. Molly once again told me that she'd handle the baby. Lying in bed, I could hear her pacing the hallway, whispering to Ethan. I couldn't hear what she said, but it was calm and relaxing to me. When she brought Ethan to our room, her inaudible words had to put me to sleep. Three more nights, we attempted to sneak Ethan into his crib, and every night, he dragged Molly out of bed with his crying. By the third night, I could easily see the lack of sleep taking its toll on her. Her eyes were always red, and the skin under them was darkening. She was, she even dressed in more muted colors, as if rainbow fabrics had no appeal to her. It was bad, and I, and I resounded the solved situation myself. Let me take a sip of... Uh, oh, yeah. No, we could talk about it. I think um, this is classic misdirection. If I didn't yeah. know that this was alien-related, at least I, I hope it is. 
Um, I had pulled this one from um, searching the keyword alien on Creepypasta, so I assume that the twist related to this story is that there's something supernatural extraterrestrial going on. But if I didn't know any better, I would say this is like serious, like haunting at, at paranormal 101 paranormal yeah, same. Spirit, spirit bullshit like yeah. you know conjuring insidious bullshit yeah where you know you notice little things about where you live you notice how uh, things start to sound different in rooms that didn't previously sound that way you know things that you aren't picking up on being picked up by other people or other things around you like animals or babies you know what what frequency are they existing on that they're seeing something different than I'm not. I am. It's freaking me out. Right. No, and that's what I'm thinking too. I'm like, where? I was reading this, like, where the fuck are aliens tying into this? And <laughs> they anyway, might not, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm cool. It's a good paranormal one. If it's if that's what it turns out if to be. If that's where we go. All right. So fucking um, part two. <laughs> the following day, ran to Ethan's rescue, and after comforting him, laid him to rest in the bassinet. Then I went to Ethan's room to see if I could find anything. I checked the crib, initially thinking there was something wrong with it that upset my son, but it was totally fine. Then I checked the toys, and I even inspected the carpet, but nothing that would frighten a child was there. I was standing in the middle of the room, looking at the mirror on Ethan's closet door. That's when I saw it. Someone else was in the room. What the fuck? What the fuck? I spun quickly, but the room was empty. I ran into the hall and quickly down the stairs, but found no evidence of another person in the place. I went back upstairs and inspected every nook and cranny in every room, but there was nobody. I went back to Ethan's room and looked around. After no initial signs, I looked back at that mirror. At first, there was nothing. And then I saw him. Almost my height. He was old, with a bald head, and wearing a black suit with a black tie. I was just thinking that. He didn't look at me, but I could tell from the reflection that his eyes were glowing, a soft red light like an old bulb. He turned to me, expressing no emotion, and then started to walk out of my vision. I turned to look and once again found the room empty. I walked to the crib, where the man had stopped and looked. To my surprise, it wasn't empty. Lying there, half buried under Ethan's soft sheet, was that same small book I read in the basement. I couldn't figure out anything special about the book. It was just a story about a group of kids stuck on an island and how a misguided civilization grew. You could just say Lord of the Flies. Seriously, it's okay, man. It's easier than what you just said. I know, we all knew it. (laughs) Fucking douche. The place I stopped wasn't even special. It was still early in the book. Then I noticed a scrap of paper that had been used as a bookmark. It was a torn torn piece of newspaper that had yellowed with age, advertising several small businesses in the area. One was circled in a dark substance that I recognized immediately. In my former job, I saw a lot of injuries, accidents resulting in bleeding and even hospital visits. I remembered the color of blood so very well. I even imagined that it was a color necessary in a crayon box, but I also knew the color blood made when it dried on paper. It was a brownish color with just a hint of red. The longer it was there, the less red there would be. It was too clumsy to be a marker. Even the small grooves in the line suggested that a finger were used to make it. It was for a psychic nearby, but I imagined that the paper was very old and the place closed. But with the way my son had been behaving, I had no choice but to try it. Gotta have faith. That's right. I dialed the number and waited as it rung. As I sat, I contemplated disconnecting, but a woman answered before I could commit to such action. She sounded old, with a weak, wavering voice similar to the one my mother had. 
This is research of unknown knowledge. May I help you? This is to the stars of the academy on Tongalog. <laughs> I'm ready to Where play a song you? for you. <laughs> and I'm sorry, but aliens exist. But aliens exist. And Mark has cancer. No one cares. She asked, aliens exist. I looked at the paper and frowned. It wasn't even the right business. Oh, I'm sorry I apologized. I have the wrong number. Were you looking for the Madam Oracle? She asked. I wasn't expecting the question, but that was the name on the paper. Y yeah, yeah, I was, I told her, almost afraid of what she say next. I am Madam Oracle. Or when I was younger, she laughed and coughed for a moment. <coughs> Dicks. <laughs> My grandson works with me, and we started this a few years ago. Oh, oh, okay, well, I hope you could help me. I, 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 I started to speak out when she cut me off. You found this phone number, and, and you suspect your home may be haunted. How did you know that? Just a lucky guess. Something told me she had more to say. I also guess that you're skeptical about the paranormal. Well, I can assure you that we act in a very thorough, scientifically unbiased way. How about you come down tomorrow afternoon? But, but, but I didn't say what was going on. No need, dear. It is better if we don't know. And I know your address. I have caller ID. <laughs> she laughed and hung up. <laughs> At the time, that was the strangest experience in my life. Second to the mysterious man I kept seeing in my son's room. I was going to say, don't you, wouldn't that one come Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. My but son I, isn't sleeping. But I was determined to solve this. It's ruining my boner time. Literally. I want to see my wife's tits. But this was all just for my little boy. Hell, I was already keeping him from having a sibling just so that he'd get the attention he deserved. I was the third of six boys. There was never enough attention to go around. We competed for the spotlight. I never wanted to put Ethan through that, and I didn't want him to suffer any torment. If the crazy bat I'd just spoken with could help, then so be it. I'd bend over backwards for him, and truthfully, I'd, I hope they'd never remember any of this. And I hope my wife bends over backwards tonight. I'm gonna fucking <laughs> fuck her with a condom on again. <laughs> I didn't tell Molly about what I've done. It'd be better for both of us if I, if I alone had to live with the memories of this event. My only suggestion was to keep Ethan in the bassinet all night. Molly agreed with me on the count that she had less than eight hours of sleep over the past three nights. She was too tired to have, have to handle another one of Ethan's mysterious nightmares. When Molly went to work the next day, I put Ethan in the bassinet and waited for the woman to come. The doorbell chimed one minute after one o'clock. Apprehensively, I opened the door. Her name was Bethany Warwick. She was near 80 years old and used a cane to support her hunched body. Her hair was as white as snow, and thick black sunglasses hid her eyes from me. She was dressed in simple clothes, the same sort that my aging mother would wear, and bunny slippers. With her were two men. One was Theodore Warwick, Bethany's grandson, and the other was Francis Conway. Theo, as he introduced himself, is younger than me in his late 20s, with cropped black hair and thin eyebrows over deep-set eyes. His eyes were small, darting back and forth like a nervous mouse watching for the stalking cat. He was wearing a polo shirt and khaki pants, carrying a large suitcase. Francis was shorter than Theo, but about the same age, with a brighter appearance that hinted at his bright attitude. He wore a shirt that said, Who you gonna call? on the front, and on the back was the Ghostbusters symbol. He was wearing jeans cut off of the knees and carried a suitcase like Theo's. They set their things on the kitchen table, one of the pieces that had come to the house thanks to the previous owner, and showed me their gadgets. They had something called an EMF detector, which could detect changes in electricity in the air, and a sensitive microphone recorder so they could ask questions and hopefully catch answers in the white noise. There were several cameras, all equipped with thermal scopes and motion detectors, as well as simple tools like screwdrivers and hammers. Bethany was proud of the simple flashlights, the tool she was most familiar with. I was given a camera to use and instructed on how to use it properly. 
Take three pictures in sequence from the same spot. Bethany took the lead and guided us to the baby's room without a hint of direction from me and stopped with her back to the mirror on the door. She had us line up opposite her so that we could see ourselves in the mirror and the room behind us. Gentlemen, have your devices ready. I will call him. Don't be afraid if the cameras stop working. She must have been talking to us and we did as asked. As she began chanting something in a low voice, the three of us watched the mirror. I'd already seen the mysterious man. It was only a matter of time before they did too. We didn't need to wait much longer. The old bald man appeared behind us. Rather than walked into the view, I'd seen him. Theo, who'd been holding the EMF detector, nearly shouted in surprise as a small gadget began getting high readings that weren't normal for a house. Readings that were lethal to humans. Francis was asking questions, holding the microphone a foot away from his mouth. I would have taken a photograph, but the camera turned off in my hand and wouldn't turn back on. If the man's presence wasn't frightening enough, when he walked through me, I almost <laughs> fainted. Now he should have been visible, standing before me, but in the mirror, we could see that he didn't appear whole. We could still see through him. He was saying something, which I hope Francis was able to record, and then he lunged at Bethany. The ghost grabbed Bethany by the neck and started to squeeze, choking her words. Theo jumped to the rescue, though it was hard to know what to do. Bethany looked like she was being strangled by an invisible hand, like Darth Vader in Star Wars. Only when Theo attempted to save her was she able to speak again. Be gone! You're not welcome here! Her voice was raspy, but the ghost responded and released her, disappearing. As she started to fall, Theo caught his grandmother. Her eyes were closed as Theo lifted her off the ground and carried her to the living room. As we waited for the ambulance to arrive, Francis played back the recording so we could listen. At first, it was just Bethany's rumbling, with questions from Francis breaking in. Then there was a distinctively deeper voice that was clearer than any ghost recording the two men had ever heard. I called Peter Foster. I was the priest. This land, the church. This room was where I lived. I pretended to be a Christian. Same. Beneath my feet is the entrance to the real church, one you'll never see. That was the point to the ghost attack Bethany and Theo shouted, forcing Francis to stop recording. I looked at the two investigators, but they could make little of it. It was Bethany, who we thought was unconscious, that broke this silence. Secret door to basement was all she could say, but that clicked in my head. Theo wanted to stay with his grandmother until the paramedics arrived, so Francis and I went to the basement to where the electrician had seen something that frightened him. I showed him the wires that were being pulled out, and Francis inspected the holes. He showed me that this section of wall was covering a small space. I didn't know what to do, but Francis did. He took a hammer and smashed holes in the wall until the sheetrock was weak enough to break it. It almost took him five minutes to clear it away. What we thought was an alcove was actually the top of a set of stone stairs descending into the earth. What? Fuck that. Francis gave me a flashlight, and we walked slowly into the darkness. I didn't know what to expect. It was more horrifying than I could imagine. Skeletons were suspended from the walls, where once people were left to die... Holy shit, reptilians. I mean, there they are. Reptilians. Yeah, I'd run. Only their bones remain after untold years. They took their skin. Sons of bitches, and they're wearing it to grandma. Cobbs webs and the small bones of critters filled the passage as we continued down to an octagonal room. There was a pit in the center. I love octagon. This is it, dude. Conor McGregor's down there. 
There was a pit in the center with decaying matter that Francis identified as firewood and a floor-to-ceiling carving of a beast that I didn't recognize. Oh, hell yeah. It was over 12 feet tall, nearly the same wide, but didn't represent anything that existed outside the imagination. The thing had a cobra-like head that connected to a human body that's legs had fused to become a tail twice the length of the creature's head and body. It had six arms, thin like those of an insect, and a pair of wings that resembled those of a bat. There was an inscription, but neither Francis or I had any hope of understanding it. I found that camera dangling from my neck still worked, so I took pictures of it like I was instructed to do. There was a crashing sound to my left, and I spun towards an opening to the dark cavern. Without thinking, I took three pictures and waited, taking three more before lowering the camera. I looked at Francis, who was as frightened as I. When he suggested that we leave, I wasn't going to argue. When we got back to the living room, the paramedics were just pulling into the driveway. For her credit, Bethany seemed to be improving. She looked at me through those dark glasses and smiled. I once came to this house and decided that it wasn't haunted. She coughed a little. What? Now I know that it, because it isn't haunted, it's infested. So many souls are stuck here. This is no place to raise a child. No shit. Yeah. The fuck? Their paramedics took her away, and Theo joined her in the ambulance. Francis followed in their van. Alone, I realized that they had forgotten the camera I had been carrying. With a deep breath, I turned the camera on and began scrolling through the pictures. The first were just those of the wall carving. Though it did appear almost to move, that could have been a trick in my mind. <laughs> then there were the six photos of the cavern. Seeing these pictures changed my whole outlook on life. I'll never doubt the existence of the paranormal like that. I... Fucking a fuck! I'll never doubt that existence of paranormal again. What do you I think, think of this done. so far? I think it's done. No, no, it's not. There's a page and a half to go. Is it really? Okay. Well, fuck <laughs> it. Sorry about that. <laughs> you're good. I take a sip of beer here. No, you're good. I'm sorry. This is definitely longer than ten pages. I don't know why I had a ten next. Week. You don't want to get me fucked up here. That. Yeah. No. No shit. Yeah. I thought it was fucking twenty-five I thought, pages. I thought it was, no, that's how many. That's how many. Um, there's two stories in this document. Oh, I was like, dude. I'm reading a story. Oh. I'm reading a story. I was after. like, dog. I don't know. I was just. Done. I was like, I don't know what his definition almost done is, but <laughs> it's not close to twenty-five. No, it's not. Anyway, fuck. <clears throat> the first picture seemed like a photo of a cave with an odd-looking stalactite to the right. Oh, I love myself some stalactites. Makes me think of ninth grade bio. <laughs> yeah, I this, love that class. God damn it. The second photo was of the same cave, but now a blur ran across the image and a stalactite was gone. In the third picture, the stalactite had moved to the left side of the picture. What? Yeah. Nervous, but needing to know, I looked at the last three. These were taken a few moments after the previous three. The first picture showed the cave. No stalactites and the walls appeared differently. In the second image, something was just beyond the camera's focus. All I knew was that it was big. The last photo nearly made me scream, and I'd have dropped the camera if it wasn't hanging from around my neck. Whatever had been, the second picture was closer. I could clearly see the cobra-like head and dark eyes. The cavern was changing shape on account of the thing's large wingspan and its arms and legs. Knowing how large the opening was, I can only imagine the magnitude of the thing approaching. If Francis hadn't suggested that we depart, we could have been attacked by the alien creature. Molly came home and had to park on the street on the account of the numerous fire trucks and police cars that filled the driveway and the front lawn. She found me carrying an awed Ethan as her home burned to the ground. The fires ate through everything, and they reacted strangely when consuming the basement, almost as though it was a large place deep in the ground. Our nearest neighbor, who happened to be the real estate agent, joined us to watch the house burn. Such a shame. That house needed good memories. She was shaking her head. Molly carried Ethan now and hardly listened, but I was curious. What does that mean? 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> I must have forgotten to tell you about the previous owner. It was a mistake considering the circumstances around his death. The man who used to own the place was Lucifer. Just kidding. <laughs> his name was Mark Craftsman. He remodeled much of the place. Did you know it used to be a church until he changed things? I, I should have told you that much. Some people are superstitious when it comes to living into an old church. Up until a few years ago, everything seemed to be all right for Mr. Craftsman. Then he started sleeping outside the house. <laughs> That's normal. Yeah, there was a camper in the driveway for the longest time. It was unused except for the bedroom and the small bathroom. Mr. Craftsman may have died while outside the home, just around the corner of the house where the door of the back basement was. It must have been a heart attack. I didn't hear anything different. She spoke with coldness I didn't expect. But when she turned to me, I saw pity in those eyes. I'm sorry I kept it from you. It's all right. I just burned my house down. I wanted to assure. <laughs> what about that, that haunting investigation, though? Okay, that's another weird story without the paranormal part. She chuckled briefly. This psychic from town, I think her name was Madam Oracle Kane. She was reportedly in the basement when something happened to her, and her eyes were burned out of her skull. She wears those dark sunglasses now to hide the scar tissue. She shivered. Molly looked at her but said nothing. I think we're going to sell this place. We can't raise a child here. Well, you burned it to the ground, so I don't know what the fuck <laughs> selling is about, my yeah. question. Uh, uh, collecting insurance. Okay, money, is that an alien or a paranormal thing? I think it's a mix. And, and you know, honestly, you can, you can judge it however you want. When we look at aliens, aliens have a pseudo religious perspective behind them yeah. you know think about think about how the Aztecs viewed them as gods yeah. you know the Mayans the however you want the, the Incans whatever you know pseudo native their experience with the quote unquote extraterrestrials right. was doesn't matter where they came from it was the idea that they acknowledged their power and were subservient to it if you were to ask me my perspective of this I would say that that was definitely some type of like reptilian under god that lived in hollow earth um and I would say time and place would probably uh prove that because I, I would need a little bit more cause you could say like demon monster what what have you? At the end of the day, they could mean the same exact thing. But what about on your the priest? Like, where does he? Like, what happened with him? He, he built he... a church on this place. It's not his fault that underneath it was some type of that was it. So there was underneath there sanctum. Got oh, it. absolutely. Got he it. didn't build nuts. this place. He didn't build this place. He was converting it into a church. It was a house long before he bought it. He just had his uh, you know, he just got killed by by taking one look at this thing. Um, she she saw whatever it is and it burned her fucking eyeballs out. I it could be an elder god, some Lovecraftian shit. Um, however you want to justify that, but but even elder gods are considered aliens in most rites. Like Cthulhu is considered an alien. You know the he's from the deep stretches of the void, which is beyond space and time itself. So it's all about your perspective on how these things can kind of mesh. Um, as being not a very religious person, I tend to lean alien when stuff like this rears its ugly head. Um, the description definitely had me going reptilians, 
but insect legs, bat wings, little convoluted. And it's like, is that what it wanted us to see it as? Was there like another form of it, or was that its true form? I feel like that's exactly what they were setting up. Mm-hmm. But to me, that was Prometheus. They walk into the that first room where you see the temple head, and then above the temple head, you see almost an arms overstretched depiction of a pointed head xenomorph. Why would a temple on some alien planet have xenomorph that yeah depicted on their wall if it were not for some type of purpose see you think about that and i you know what i mean and and it's true and we're talking about like the vastness of the universe yeah but like what about like we're talking like we're joking about the reptilians obviously mm-hmm. but like what about the shit that is buried underground that's been there for mayans and all that shit that we haven't found that's hollow earth it's not wild hollow earth is the idea of a intact subspace uh that time under under our feet and Pretty wild ironically the newest uh king kong uh, godzilla versus king kong yeah is about Hollow Earth. Really? Um, yeah, they say that that's where um, all the kaiju came from. That's their explanation that's for the that. Ki- that's where the kaiju come from? Is that tied into fucking uh, Pacific Rim? No, but it should be. Uh, Pacific Rim is about dimensions, though. You gotta remember, Pacific Rim is... Yeah, right, 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 the dimensional tear of the rift, ocean. Yeah. Uh, and it leads to an alien subspace. So Godzilla's so. considered a kaiju? Godzilla is absolutely a kaiju. I didn't know that, dude. Godzilla is absolutely a kaiju. That's fucking kaiju, cool. Kaiju one hundred and one, um, a beast of gargantuan size caused by Pacific, whatever. Pacific Rim is another take on aliens. Oh, Even absolutely! It's like pretty cool because it's absolutely. just like it's awesome. Uh, King Ghidorah is supposed to be an alien. Mothman. King King Ghidorah is um, a three-headed fucking lightning yeah. dragon from yeah, outer yeah, space. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you think about his first Toho movie, he was literally brought to the planet by aliens to fight Godzilla. They they had seen Godzilla on this planet, and they said, yo, let's, it'd be baller if these guys fought. So they fucking put him together and, and saw what happens. Um, they fought Yeah, the Japanese are crazy, man. Dude, they got some good imagination. <laughs> they, got some, they really do. No, but it's cool, though, because it's like, like, I think of, like, the, the vastness of the universe, but I think of, like, you're saying the hollow earth and also, like, the oceans and, like... We only know 5% of the oceans and all that, yeah. blah, 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 blah. It's just, like, it's amazing what on our own planet we have yet to touch the surface on. There's so much. Wild. There's and we'll so much, it. and it's terrifying. Yeah, it is. There's, there's some terrifying shit. Like, I've seen, um, I've seen photos of, like, a mile down in, like, a Japanese lake where they have, like, nine-foot-tall fucking crabs walking around and shit. I want nothing to do with that. You know what I would do with What it? if one day they just said, fuck the pressure down here, let's live above land, and then they just tried fucking taking over the I'd world. I'd kill it. I'd eat it. I, Probably I would, taste delicious. Yeah, all oh, Fucking dude, love nine foot? Crab. Hell yeah. yeah. Kill that. That's what we would do. We, we would kill it. We'd eat them. I think that's another reason aliens haven't been around. I brought that up on my last alien We're episode. fucking eat them. I was avoiding bringing it up this Hell episode, me, yeah. but I actually, I actually do think that we are, as a species, humans, too consumptive. I think when you think of an alien's, you know, um, the alien hierarchy of Nordics, small greys, tall greys, um, little green men, the idea is that they almost communicate telepathically. They have these small bodies that yep. don't seem to um, need much to exist. So almost, yeah. almost like they, they feed themselves through some other means. Until they taste and, fucked at McDonald's. Um, and, and to us... 
we probably look like beasts. We probably look like animals. We are literal meat sacks yep. that consume things and, and poop out. And we're no okay. better than cows. We're no better than cattle. We're, we're no better than any any other consumptive race. So to our planet, aliens probably look at the trees as more intelligent because at least they're able to feed themselves. They're able to get exactly what they want from the ecosystem and not have to destroy anything. We're a very destructive race. Oh, we are. We... we we are animalistic. We we pick up tiny little crab man off the sh- off the coast of fucking uh, Chestnut Bay over here, and we fucking break open his fucking exoskeleton and consume his buttery insides. That, to something that doesn't understand our culture or our race at all, that could be terrifying. Absolutely, that's true. The, the mass production of chickens, cows, and and pigs watching them globally go to the slaughter every single day could probably drive an alien insane. That's true. If you ask me, aliens are flying by our universe like we nah. look at, like <laughs> we like we look at Florida. Fuck that. Like, no thanks. Oh, come on. I, I ain't like going Florida. to Tallahassee. I'm going to weekend. Miami. I'm going. No, I'll go to Orlando. Fuck them. But I'm gonna watch the Dolphins be the Patriots. Yeah. Uh dude in your dreams. No, no. They do it every year, motherfucker. Every year. Um <laughs> No, um, that's fun actually to, a pretty cool point because it's fun like to think about. it is fun to think about because I th- I joke with people about this. I'm always like when I eat something because I love like the food you just listed like beef, chicken, and and pork, yeah. and I'm like something had to die for me to consume this, and I don't know where I heard it, dude. And tell me what movie this is from. Sure, something along the lines of like, without human life, life would flourish. I don't know where it's from. But, like, you think about it, like, we all just die tomorrow, boom, everything dead. Could have been, like, something like Quiet Place. I don't remember. But it's, something like 20, it, it would 20 all go back. days later, Last of Us. It would all go back. Fucking, oh, absolutely. It would all go back. Because, like, we're, we're the biggest parasites of this planet. We are parasitic. We're the biggest parasites we are, of this we're planet. We're parasitic in our nature. We, yep. we, oh, man. It's pretty wild we're to just, think we're about, We're just too. fucked. Yeah. And then that's why, and that's why I think you look at something that doesn't need to do this to exist has vast amounts of intelligence comparatively to us above us um, living computers of people that probably swing by our planet and take a look at us under a microscope and go no thanks yeah right yeah we are we are consumptive and that is inherently sinful. You know what I wonder with these guys, too, if that's the case, if they're doing that? Yeah. I think, like, this whole, like, humans are kumbaya shit is bullshit, because I think a lot of... It's always been bullshit. It is. It's It's been bullshit since the Ice Age. Dude, it has, because humans are... You think about a day how much shit you talk on people more than you talk about how much you love people. Like, people are driven by a lot of, like, madness and hate and stuff. Like, do these aliens come by and they don't have any of that, like... They're just so even keeled that's like not one of theirs, and like you, like we're talking about killing all this stuff. They well, see it and they're like, "Wow, I just can't handle this." That is literally is the dumb. exact argument because the reptilians would say, "Nah, these guys are just like us. That's why we exist here. We're mm. going to consume them one day, mm. and that's why we're going to let them do their thing." When this planet is dead, when the temperature reaches what we want uh, it to, when the sun, when the sun bakes all of these motherfuckers. Ha! We're gonna God, come up from the dead. underground and just fucking eat all of them. Hmm. That's that's their plan. They're gonna wait for the oxygen levels to die down and the nitrogen levels to go up. And they're gonna come up from the underground and they're gonna say, "Our time to thrive, baby." And that's 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 a 
belief of, of people. They, they, they think that that is going to happen. I wonder if um, we're going to adapt, though. Like, because humans have been so adaptive. Like, if you look at all the old skeletons it's and too everything. Fast, it's too fast of a change. I mean, yes, anything under thousands of years of pressure mm-hmm. is going to change their genetic makeup to exist in a world that wants them dead. Uh, organically speaking. So, yes, at some point in the future, like, we're gonna have to, like, fucking wear masks to be able to breathe outside, we're gonna have to wear certain types of, like, visors to be able to, like, not get our eyes fucking burnt out from the sun. That's a wild thought. Oh, the world, the world is so fucked. The planet is so fucked. In as little as 40 years, we could have such a toxic state of oxygen with how solar flares are happening with greenhouse gases with um, global warming in general the the ozone layer is fucking getting decimated and the the more we rely on fossil fuels to keep propelling us is the more we doom ourselves and that clock starts to tick down lower most scientists would probably say like within 200 years like the sun is going to have its fucking way with us I think it's probably a lot closer, and it's just its just because part of me thinks that I'm going to witness it before I, I clock out. God, I hope not. I, I, I hope not. I don't want to be burned to death or drown. No, thank but you. But it's like, it's its so funny, though, because it's every... It's slow. It's, it's gradual. It's, it's not going to happen overnight. But it's everybody on this planet's fault, and it's like... Well, we, it's, it's the sins of our fathers. Yeah, and we're still bad. The people, still bad. The people from the combustion era of the 1800s are not alive to go, ah, well, oh, we, really, we really yeah, did we didn't it down that, yeah, up, we didn't we? Hey, yeah, cause they'd maybe admit, we they'd shouldn't have it. exploded things and I know, chug, chugged out smog into the atmosphere for a hundred years. Those guys who, like, invented those big-ass trains and coal to make these huge It was innovative for run. the time. And yeah. They had no fucking clue They're just what like, they holy doing. shit, we were doing horseback for combustion, hundreds of years. Combustion yeah. was... Combustion is... The, the reliance on fossil fuels. But I think it's more than that, too, in the sense of, like, think about how much we waste. Like, plastics are fucked. That's another thing. It's insane. The 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 getting rid of plastic needs to become something easy to do. Yeah. Because the only thing we do right now it's that plastic. gets rid of it is burn it. Which is horrible. And guess what yeah, that does right? to the air. horrible, yeah. Guess what that does to the it's ecosystem. Horrible, guess what that does to yeah. the ozone layer. I was watching this thing about plastic, dude. It came out really in the 1950s, and it was like, ever since then, like, just random carbon makeup, just like we're talking about combustion engines, that was the innovative technology of its time. Plastic. But you look around everywhere in your life, and no matter what it is, it's all yeah. fucking plastic yeah luckily crazy luckily we are finding very good ways to recycle plastic now hope so um i think time is going to be both our our biggest threat and greatest friend in this scenario because because the sun isn't just going to get hotter one day right it's 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 hot as it is right now yeah it's slowly getting hotter and hotter but it's so slow there will come a time where the, the polar ice caps totally, you know, uh, un, unfreeze. There will come a time where we have to wear certain protective layers to avoid getting literal cancer from just stepping outside. Um, you can get it right now. Yeah. And wear sunblock, so, motherfuckers. So, yeah, there, the, the, the future of the world is a terrifying, terrifying experience that I am thankful to not have to live through. Um, but we are looking at, we are on the precipice of 
um, some Greta Thunberg shit where we have the ability to change things and a lot of the people in power are not and they're not going to decide to until it's too late. Right. And uh, it's going to be like Wally. It's going to be like, oh, well, you tried. Oh, I think about Wally all the time. It's going to be like, oh, well, you tried, but you didn't try hard yeah. enough and you tried too late. Yeah, and that's We should have been trying 30 years ago yeah. is, is the point. And that's why know? it cracks me up all these politicians who are just like, fucking climate change. I'm like, dog, you just climbed out of your private jet, which has burned so much fossil fuel to get you from point A to point B. You yeah. don't give a fuck about climate change. Shut the fuck up. All the plastic in the ocean and think stuff about like how that. Think about how all of these countries run. Like All fossil fuels. Unless up. the Swedes are running the entire gambit, like we're not going to learn anything. And that's, that's actually, genuinely, and I've brought this up before on the show, why I appreciate people like Tesla. Because I, I think here is someone who yeah, is... Yeah, here is someone who is thinking differently... Yeah. Than how other people think. And at yeah. least and at least he's trying to be procreative. Yeah. At least he's trying to say what people are thinking. Yeah. Which is the planet's fucked. We can think about how we can try and make it last a little bit longer, but we should really focus on getting the fuck out of here. So But where do you, you know, want to go? Because I think Oh um, no, I'm not gonna I was gonna say I'm not gonna uh, be the space I, race. I wish I wish we could They're talking about selling people on this stuff right now giving giving them what something like um millions of dollars for a one-way ticket to go live on another planet but i think about like like, what's that worth yeah like living on mars there's nothing on mars there's nothing there's no life there's like no plants there's no well the idea is that you would would go there to terraform and you would spend the rest of your living life terraform being a forefather for another planet and then there's there's an entire other different sect of of nasa that's saying we need to create uh, a sustainable life system to take people 10 times further 10 times further away um you know we tried to do this alien one (laughs) prometheus so we we look at the blueprints um it's tough, man. I think I think the, the the first the first stretch is seeing what we can manage as close as we can, which is knocking on our neighbor's door, Mars, and trying to do what we can there. Mars is not the perfect planet, though. No, nor not is at all. nor is it the solution. No, um, I wish we could take this thought though. Like that's the thing that sucks about the entire planet is that everybody has this just like fuck it, abandon it. Instead of just well, fuck being it, like, we're doomed. yeah, fuck it, we're doomed. Or instead yeah. of like, it's not my problem. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, that, it but sucks. that means it's gonna be your grand. Right, right, problem, right, right. It sucks you know? that instead of being like, okay, guys, what a selfish way to exist. Yeah, what do we have to do? What do we have to do to not have to go to Mars? But the problem comes is that we're all human, and greed comes in, and then these people, motherfuckers, the people are like, in charge right now are not willing to do the changes they need to do because they are making too much money, money in the lives that they have. And they say, and they have that perspective yeah. of fuck the people below yeah, me, right, right. fuck the people I don't know, no, right. fuck the future, fuck the past. Right. I am living in now. They say, why can't I? Why can't I just get all this shit? Yeah, dude, I totally agree with you. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. It's a pretty wild thought, but I think I, I know, and it's funny, dude, because I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna drive my Challenger and I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna burn dinosaurs. I love and I'm it. Kill I it love all. it, man. I dude, love it. it's it's so. F- it, that's why I like these conversations. There's stuff I, we can control, and then there's stuff we are forced to 
be a pardoned to. Yeah. And I think it's that just, the n- not not everyone is able to drive a fucking Tesla. So that's the reason right. why you're not driving one. If not the, yet. if they had a charger with an electric fucking plug-in, that'd be cool. Would you not take that as a as a smart All alternative? Right. Dude, okay. So there is have you heard of I don't know if you heard of this before. It's like Tesla's sister company. It's called Nikolai. Yes. Did you see the Nikolai truck? No. Oh, dude. I'll send you pictures later. It's a Nikolai truck. It's a four-door truck. It has like a what a four to five foot bed. Dude, this thing is bad ass. It's you have a it's either a uh, hydrogen battery or like the typical like Tesla battery. This thing goes zero to six. It's a truck. It goes yeah. zero to six. These things zip around. Have you been in one of these? Oh, dude, the Tesla is the only car I've been in that made me go like, whoo. <laughs> like, yeah. You're just like, whoa, you get That's stuck fair. back in the seat. That's fair. But the the Nikolai truck is the shit and it's so fast. So it's like I love one of those. I didn't know it was raining. Is it rain? Is that rain? That was thunder. Oh, thunder. Thunder. <laughs> and the thunder. Somewhere there is thunder. Let me get into that bong. <laughs> You're, are you sure? Yeah, I think I hit a bit. I don't want you like it's it's a bongo. That's okay. You know? What's a bongo? I'm uh, here. This one's better. I, I'm just don't don't take too much of a cut just because I you've been you've been I know it's been a little bit clean for a while. You know I don't want you to get zoinked. Oh, you're getting zoinked, man. That's a huge fuck. Okay, don't take the entire thing. Yeah, let me eat the rest of that. Should be smooth. It's it's a... Oh, smooth as fuck. I fucking love this guy. Oof. I miss it. <laughs> you're gonna feel that for a while, man. You took, you took a big old... Take a sip of something, man. <laughs> take a sip of a beer. Open, open that beer up. I'm gonna drink all the bourbon. No, it's good. <laughs> I I can't drink room temperature anything. I need ice. I need cold. All good, man. You know, like. I understand. Mm, I need to read a fucking story. All uh, right, read a story. This one I've been wanting to read for a very long time. All right. Um, just even the concept sounds like you think about it like, huh? <laughs> you, you, you go a little. A diner you, up you, to 24 you, hours. You laugh out of your nose for a second. <laughs> Let me read the title to you so you can do it. A diner open 25 hours a day. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, so so the, the concept um, here is, and, and we, we do know going into this one, I believe it is an alien-related story. Okay. So when you, when you take that <laughs> into perspective with a title like that, a diner open 25 hours a day that makes me think of more specifically how alien survivors the PTSD that they talk about the most is the lapse in time they get abducted they come they find themselves back in their car wearing everything that they were wearing before but it is 2 hours later welcome to college <laughs> welcome to weed yeah. um but but seriously it's like what what do you think when that happens to you? Like what 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 surreal panic do you feel yeah. when when someone tells you that that you you literally do not know what just happened to you? Now is it two hours late? Like if it's three oh one and you look down the dashboard, 
and it's now 5.01. Like, is it, so when you come back, it's not, like, two hours later, but it's still 3.01, like, you woke up, like, what the fuck? Like, it's 5.01, it's a completely different song, your battery's dead, shit like that. You are driving through a cornfield in the middle of the night when a strange light passes overhead of your car. It stops about 20 feet in front of you, your radio cuts out, your car dies. But as your car dies, your your light of the clock stays on, and it says 3.01 a.m. Hmm. The light in front of you slowly starts to lower, shine towards you, and approach your car to the point where you literally become enveloped in light. Hmm. You blink, the darkness of your eyelids close and open back up, and... You are in the middle of the road, your car is back on, your lights come back up, or your lights were always on, except now the clock reads 5.01 a.m. Okay, see, that shit would fuck with me hard, because I'd be like... That's what I'm talking about. Because I would be like, okay, did I look at the clock wrong the first time? I don't know. I don't know. I would immediately get naked. (laughs) And check my body for for incisions, Probes. for for lumps, for cuts, would you... for things I wouldn't have recognized. See, I, my body is so pale and lush that I feel like I would look in the mirror <laughs> and be able to immediately be like, "Yep, there's something in my butthole." I fucking see it. There, it's in there. I can see the words I feel on it. it. <laughs> see, like, and then I'd die. I'd, I, I'd die because I'd grab an exacto knife and start, you know, cutting yeah, into my should. gut. And pulling shit out, you That's know. That's what I would do. If I found something like that, I would take it out for sure. Some that shit happens like, in X Files. Nah. I'm not making this shit up. This yeah. is this is some this is some good Yo, alien talk. Do you know what like have you when you grew up, did your parents just tell you shit and you just blindedly believe them and then you said the same shit that they said? Mm-hmm. I never looked this up, but my dad told me that the chick from the X Files mm-hmm. was a gigantic whore. Like mm-hmm. she fucked everybody in Hollywood in the nineties and shit. Opposite. David Duchovny is a sex addict. He's an addict. He's a sex so addict. So it's not her. No. I'm sure she had her good share like anyone else did. You know, like um, uh, Leia from Star Wars. What's, what's her fucking name? Um, Princess Leia. Uh, yeah, but the, the actress's name. Oh, oh, oh. Carrie Fisher. Oh, yeah. You know, I was going to say Shannon she had her. She had her way around Hollywood, too. Like, Why not? Like... When when you play these roles, when you when you have these perspectives yeah. and then you have this power, I'm sure you get away with tons of shit. But from what I know and from what I remember, she was modest and tried dating Duchovny because uh, she's a Brit. Oh. She's a Brit. Right, right. First off, the first thing you need to know is Jillian Anderson is a Brit. Piss me off, she's not American. She ain't even from here. <laughs> and they they fall for each other. They hated each other at first, but they fell for each other uh, during X Files. And then started dating, but he, like, ruins all of his relationships because he claims to be a sex addict, like a nymphomaniac. Um, and other people can, like, quote me on that. I'm pretty sure. I, I, I'm definitely sure I heard that, too, dude. I, I, I never it looked, like her. I said. It I wasn't n- Jillian Anderson. I never looked it up. I would love to sleep with that woman. She's beautiful. Yeah, sleepover might be fun. <laughs> anyway, whatever movie she has on, no, There's, but that's an. It's not funny. That it's like an alien movie. That's an alien TV show. Oh, absolutely, we're talking about alien shit. We just. Like, I'm not saying it's not off there. point. I'm saying I really want to read this. Story. No, no, I know. It's just like <laughs> like the I, like the most random conversation goes back to aliens. So this well, is meant you to did be. you did just take a hit. So everything is free from this point forward. It's all gonna be aliens. <laughs> a diner open 25 hours a day. 
I like that title. It's a, it's a fun title, and I know this story is going to be a banger because it's from Reddit No Sleep. Late one night, I found myself driving down what seemed like an endless stretch of road. I was on my way back from a week-long business trip facing at least a 12-hour drive home, having always been afraid of planes and heights in general. The monotonous trek was unavoidable. Though tedious and sometimes downright soul-crushing, I had grown used to the lonely trips back and forth from state to state. In an effort to minimize my time behind the wheel, I usually refrained from making pit stops. I would push through exhaustion and discomfort, making my way home in one fell swoop. That's tough. I don't know if you've done that before. It's fucking tough. I don't fucking like driving that that, that far. I I do. If I have if if I have the camaraderie of someone else to switch off with, I have no problem doing it. But if I ever had to do that much by myself. The longest I've ever driven is like ten hours by myself. Straight, and even that, yeah, and even that, I like hate it. You just stop for like just to chill for. Oh an no, hour no, we stopped at pit stops, but I'm oh, still gotcha, saying, gotcha. I'm still in saying, driving ten yeah, hours, in yes, day. in a yeah, day. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Now the longest I've ever been in a car, driving at one time is like, well over twenty yeah. hours. I was a kid during that um, shit though. I was asleep. Yeah, right. Because someone yeah, else was right. driving. I drove seven of the 21 hours, oh, so dude, I'm that. asleep in the back for the next four. Um, anyway. That's so, so long. At that point, I'm just like, fuck it. I'd rather just buy a plane ticket. Well, now, being an adult with money. No, yes. no. When I was a kid, I would just steal it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, in, go on. In an effort to minimize, uh, I would push through... I would then enter my bedroom and meet my blankets with a hard thud, falling asleep almost immediately after my head hit the pillow, picturing my eventual slumber is what kept my foot on the gas pedal. On this drive, ho- yeah, it's not an electric pedal. <laughs> on this drive, however, I grew particularly hungry as one does. I tried to ignore the feeling, but this became increasingly difficult as the night went on. You gotta see. Here's here's your problem. You gotta have a nice beverage, like an iced tea or a lemonade, and you need to have some Slim Jims in the in the glove box, my dude. You can't you can't go riding without your beef jerky. Dude, you know what we're about to do? <laughs> we're about to give people the best road trip foods and tips on, during this show. I hope so. I hope I more hope of it so. is, is about this guy in the car. I hope so. Absolutely. So wait, your favorite snack is Slim Jim during this road so trip? So during road trips, there are two things I need. Okay. I need a, a sugary tea or, right. or lemonade. All right. And I need some lactic acid starter culture, <laughs> which is a number one ingredient perfect. in Slim Jims. That's perfect, dude. That's what I think of when I think of gyms. That's why it's a joke, because I know specifically what? an ingredient is called lactic acid oh. starter culture. Oh, America, dude. I tried to ignore the feeling, but this became increasingly difficult as the night went on. And I found myself longing for sustenance fantasizing about dreadful gas station food. Come on, man. Anything that would placate my insatiable late-night hunger. I was between a rock and a hard place, as tightly squished as one could be. You ever get, like, a gas station dog when you're mm. feeling desperate? Come on, dog. Like a gas station burger? Everyone's got one. Regrettable. Yeah. <laughs> but Cold like, in the middle. But it looks so good. <laughs> but, it's like my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> Unable to fight off, I meant cold in the middle. And oh, looks good on the you meant just like a rolling piece of meat. On a yeah, big old piece of meat. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Unable to fight off the urge to eat any longer, I gave in to my stomach's groaning and got off the highway somewhere near Massachusetts. 
I had been to the state on several occasions, but this time, I was in unfamiliar territory. There were many trees, more than the average Capeside town. On top of that, there were no buildings in sight, despite the lack of residential growth. I was sure I could sniff out a 7-Eleven and indulge in a microwave burrito, or a slice of rubbery pizza. Some Elios. <laughs> I drove on for what must have been 30 minutes or so. No gas stations, no fast food joints, no buildings of any kind. Just miles and miles of wooded area. And worst of all, I didn't even have a phone signal to pull up my GPS. I was just about to give up on Operation Midnight Snack when I saw the faint glow off in the distance. This signaled me that I must have been reaching the outskirts of civilization. Furthermore, it meant nourishment was just around the corner. This guy has never had sex before. No, not at all. <laughs> oh, no, wait, that's why he's been driving. He's going to get his fuck buddy in Bama. Wait, really? <laughs> Probably. Oh, awesome. <laughs> As I approached, I've never had to drive more than two hours for this. Dude, but, but, dude, dude. <laughs> What's the longest you think you drive for it? No, that's not a question you could ask. Why? You can only ask what I have done because no, I never, no. I never would drive more. I was gonna say like what, two and a half What's hours. the long? Like you're, I'm talking your. The six, longest six I've ever driven for it. sex was like three hours. And, but and, that was like how long without it? Like, are you like the oh, X Files like guy? Like fucking a fucking month. Yeah, like a day. Or no, something. it's like a fucking month. I don't I was, know. Like six hours. Like six I was months. On maybe Tinder. I would drive like. I was six on Tinder. I matched with some girl, and she was like, "Oh, I live up." Uh, north of Scranton, and I was living in Philly at the time, and I was like, fuck, that's like three hours, and she was like, she was like three hours, and then she showed me her big old titties, and I was like, oh, I'll be there. three hours, I'm willing <laughs> to drive. That's great, and, dude. Um, and it was good, and and I drove home uh, <laughs> disappointed with my actions, because my post, my post nut is depression. <laughs> so what? That's horrible. My post nut is what have I done with my life? Wow, I'm, I'm a miserable human being. <laughs> I feel like how, which is why I smoke so much weed. I know, but after my post nut's like how Vin Diesel feels about the Fast franchise. Oh, family. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> As I approached the glimmering light, I realized it was that of a large neon sign. And coming closer, I was able to make out what it said: Supernova Diner. Followed by an even larger subheading, open 25 hours a day. I guess that they really wanted to drive the we never close angle home. Right, and in yeah. a cheeky manner, no less, cheekier and larger still, there was a big flashing arrow beneath the sign pointing to the diner in question. Hungry as ever, I pulled in without hesitation. I jumped out of my car and rushed towards the entrance, but not before taking a quick look at the place. It was beautiful retro-themed silver boxcar diner. The smooth metal exterior gleamed in the moonlight as I walked up. It was so sleek and so well-crafted that I wondered why it was located in the middle of nowhere. Could they really get by on the odd passerby here and there? And after admiring the diner's craftsmanship, I barged in, intent on satisfying my late-night case of the munchies. The diner was void of life, but I heard a voice yell out from the kitchen, be right there. And while I waited for service, I surveyed my surroundings, a gorgeous red checkerboard pattern painted the interior of the building. Lining the perimeter were red booths and tables, so immaculate, they looked as though they'd never been touched by human hands. To top it all off, there was a row of similarly red identical cushioned bar stools at the counter. The diner definitely had a classic 50s vibe to it, but it was 
too crisp and clean to feel truly authentic. After a few minutes of waiting, a middle-aged man came out from the kitchen, drying his hands with a dish rag. I guess I meant to do a man's voice earlier. <laughs> it's that context that you're dude, missing. Dude, you do not assume it wasn't a man's voice. Hello there. <laughs> Welcome to the Supernova Diner. My name is Hank, and I'll be your server tonight. How can I help you? Hank wore a retro soda jerk cap, a comically large bow tie, a spotless white apron, and a smile almost too wide for his face. He pointed up at a large menu on the wall behind him where I noticed quirky food items like the Milky Way Shake, the Galaxy Sliders, and Planet Fries. Yeah, I'll have whatever the special is. I didn't feel like asking him to translate the menu for me, plus I didn't really care what I was eating so long as my stomach stopped growling. The Nebula Express? <laughs> Coming right up! Hank shot me another awkwardly wide smile, and to escape his eager glare, I pulled out my phone and took a look at the screen. Still no signal, but I noticed that it was just approaching midnight and I groaned a bit knowing that my detour had cost me a swift return home. Still, I knew I couldn't ignore my biological needs any longer. I would have ended up stopping at some point anyway. I put my phone in my pocket and looked back up at the counter, and Hank was still there, smiling away. Uh, shouldn't you be getting my order? And he didn't react to my query. Instead, he remained silent and motionless. Okay, then. I'm gonna leave now. Bye. <laughs> and just as I turned around to head for the door, Hank spoke up. I wouldn't do that if I were you. Why's that? Well, it would be a waste of time. I turned back and glared at him. What are you talking about? Are you gonna go get my food or not? And he laughed at me. You can't leave now. The fun is just about to begin. Your order is being prepared as we speak. Just sit back, <laughs> relax, and enjoy the ride. <laughs> Hank pulled out a stopwatch from his apron. The digital readout appeared to be counting backwards from an hour. I didn't know if it was a restaurant gimmick or a strange prank at my expense, but either way, I was fed up. Bye, Hank. It's been weird. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> I turned around and continued marching towards the exit, and as I did this, my jaw dropped. The door was gone. My eyes quickly darted from the left to the right, revealing to me that the windows had vanished as well. There was nothing but continuous wall on the other side of me. Perplexed, I looked back to Hank, and he chuckled to himself and asked me a question. So, how do you like your meat? What? <laughs> I asked completely dazed. So many different meanings. Your meat. How do you like it? Um, well done. I like it well done. Well done, huh? I like my meat as red as possible. A little color does the body good. I looked at him confused. Hank, where's the door? Well, let's just say it's temporarily unavailable. Anything else I can help you with? 
yeah, um, what the hell <laughs> is going on here? Well, there are a number of possibilities. I've outlined them here on the menu. Hank pointed up at the menu again, only this time the food items were gone, and the letters had seemingly been rearranged to form bullet points numbered one, two, three. Uh, I read them aloud. One, during your <laughs> business trip, one of your colleagues slipped you some LSD as part of a half-hearted practical joke. What you are experiencing now is the product of a drug's potent hallucinogenic properties. I like that one. Unlikely, but it's fun, wouldn't you say? <laughs> I move to the next possibility. Two, you fell asleep at the wheel. This is merely a vivid dream that will continue until you inevitably crash your car and die on impact. Alternatively, you may have already crashed your car and lived, albeit barely. <laughs> you are currently in a coma and your sleeping mind has formed a narrative based on the hunger you felt before what the accident. The, the diner is a metaphor for the coma itself and you won't escape until you awaken, which may very well be never. <laughs> what the fuck? Hank bore a look of concern. A little morbid, I admit, but it is possible. I reluctantly looked at the last option. Three. Something supernatural is afoot. Mysterious forces beyond our comprehension are at play, trapping you in an otherwise normal eatery. These forces will not allow you to leave under any circumstances. The best thing you can do is accept this and allow yourself to succumb to whatever classic paranormal tropes are thrown your way. Death will be your only escape. Cool. Great That's time. all I could come up with. I'm not sure myself, but I'm leaning towards number three. What the hell, Hank? What the fuck is this? Shouldn't you of all people know? You would think so, wouldn't you? But I guess I wouldn't tell you if I did. Now would I? He offered me another one of his smiles as a consolation. I wanted to punch it clean off of his face. Instead, I partook a nervous breakdown of sorts. I slammed my body up against the wall where the door used to be. I screamed at the top of my lungs, and I even grabbed each and every one of the bar stools and tossed them in different directions as hard as my arms would allow. All the while, Hank remained calm and still, his lips stretched from ear to ear. Just as I was about to swing at him, the kitchen door behind him popped open. Oh, your order must be ready. Please come with me. Hank disappeared into the darkness beyond the kitchen's doorframe, and I stayed behind, hesitant to follow him. After a few moments, I heard him yell out to me, Come on, kid! Aren't you hungry? It's true. I was hungry, but I was more so cautious, especially given my peculiar situation. And because of this, I sat down in one of the booths and waited. I didn't know what I was waiting for exactly, but it was all I could bring myself to do at that very moment. I wasn't... It wasn't long before I heard Hank's voice again. You can't wait out there forever, kid! As if in response to his statement, the lights in the diner began to flicker, and then, one by one, they went out spreading darkness from booth to booth. Eventually, I was left with just one bulb above me, wavering in and out of life. 
it then provided me with just enough light to make my way to the kitchen, and Hank knew it. I had two options. Go to the dark kitchen or let the light bulb go out and sit in the dark diner. Neither option was ideal, but deep down I knew only one had the potential to lead me to answers, no matter which one the far-fetched scenarios on the menu was true. As such, I gave in to the narrative that was unfolding around me. It was clear to me at this point that fighting it was futile. As I passed the threshold into the kitchen, the door shut by itself behind me. A bright light poured out from the ceiling, washing over the entire room, revealing vibrant white walls and flooring, and in the center of the room was a chair slanted in a diagonal position, not unlike one you'd find in a dentist's office. Next to the chair was Hank, who had seemingly traded in his diner uniform for a flashy white lab coat. Finally, come, sit down. Take your load off. <laughs> if only out of fear for what might happen next if I disobeyed, I did as Hank told me. Oh it's not like I had much of a choice at this point. I slowly walked over to the chair and laid down. And as I did this, the leather straps wrapped themselves around my legs, arms, and forehead. I no longer had the luxury of movement or peripheral vision. Hank walked around to the front of the chair and pulled out his stopwatch. You're doing just fine, kid. Only 40 minutes left. Dude, is this a mix of Five Nights at Freddy's <laughs> and Jeffrey Epstein's Island? <laughs> I'll be right with you, honey. See you soon. See you soon. <laughs> I feel like this is what Jeffrey Epstein said to the kids he was fucking trading. Yeah, yeah. Trump's just in the background. Make it an hour and a half. <laughs> Without warning... Six or seven shadowy figures came rushing over from either side of me. They brought with them rolling carts filled with what looked like medical equipment and power tools. I tried to make out even a single face in the crowd, but I could not. They lacked discernible features of any kind and moved about in perfect harmony with one another like animated silhouettes, doing the bidding of some unseen higher power. Over the course of the next few minutes, the figures poked and prodded me, drew blood, took hair samples, and inserted their utensils in places I'd rather not discuss, <laughs> like my pee-pee hole. Oh, man, poor Chad. As much as I squirmed and screamed, none of them reacted, not even Hank. Feeling helpless, I eventually stopped struggling and simply braced myself for each needle that penetrated my skin. It made things a little more tolerable. After a while, the figures stopped. Instead of going away like I hoped they would, they traded their needles and test tubes for surgical scissors and began cutting my clothes off of me. This continued until I was completely naked. I tried talking with Hank, but he was too busy playing around with samples that had been collected. Even if he did respond, no amount of encouragement could have prepared me for what happened next. Using nothing but scalpels and brute strength, the figures began cutting away at my skin. It was an absolutely horrific orchestra of deadly incisions, and one that continued until they peeled off every last bit of, ep of my epidermis. What the fuck? For one hey, reason or another, I remained both alive and awake oh during the God. entire ordeal, though at the time, I wished I could have died. Uh. 
The pain was excruciating and came in waves. Just when I thought I was going numb, another unbearable, sharp, throbbing sensation would overtake my entire body. I'd never felt anything like it before. It would, it would probably make me cum. Honestly, <laughs> if I'm thinking about it. I'd probably be like, oh, no. <laughs> I jizz everywhere. Please don't. By the end of it, my ears were ringing <laughs> from the volumes of my own screams. Orgasm screams. There's that color, Hank exclaimed, gazing at the bloody mess I'd become. Why are you doing this? I yelled. I'm not doing anything, kid. I'm just here to observe. Relax. Only 27 minutes left. I would have argued with him further, but the figures grabbed the power tools and started tearing through my muscle tissue. The buzzing sound of saws filled the room, drowning out my cries of agony. Through blood-soaked eyes, I could see Hank mouthing the words, Tick-tock, tick-tock, over and over again. I watched him mock me until the buzzing stopped and the next stage of torture commenced. I never wanted to see my organs. I never wanted to see my bone. I could have gone my whole life without knowing what they looked like. That's actually like, I, f I fear this. Now I get the <laughs> image. Now I can't get the image of them out of my head, and I'm afraid I never will. What do you mean? I would, I've never broken or, or seen into my skin before, yeah. but it fucking scares the shit. Yeah, I don't like broken bones. If I were to, if I were to just break open my fucking kneecap and, like, just snap my fucking leg one day mm. and have to look at that shit, I'd probably pass out. Dude, I can deal with all the surgery shit, blood, guts. Oh, I've it, seen into someone's fucking skin before oh. where it was looked like fucking ground beef. Yeah, yeah. It makes me want to throw up. You know what, though? Uh, my point is, I don't mind that stuff. Like when I when we do like cadaver dissection and shit, yeah, it man. was like different. But I don't know what it is, man. Broken nails, uh, things with nails, and the sound of broken bones and broken bones makes me sick to my stomach. I can't fucking. I stand. think it's a pretty human reaction. Oh, dude, you ever see uh, the movie with when they're on like the the? It's like a B movie. They're on the slopes and the fucking lift goes down. And yeah, the dude it's frozen. Jumps. Yeah, and he yeah. jumps from the chair and he yeah. breaks both he breaks his, legs. his legs. Yeah, dude, I had to shut the movie off. I couldn't do it. And then he gets eaten by wolves. He gets. Sure it was that. when the girl woke up with her hand on the fucking metal when she didn't have her glove on. I shut it off. I was like, I'm yeah. done watching this shit. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Stay no, I. Time, I, but, uh, I, I'm, I, I always. I don't like broken bones. I that love. Much. A, I love a thoughtful interjection. No, 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 no. They just. Just I don't like. After Anyways, successfully uh, ripping apart my skin and muscles, the shadowy demons took hammers to my insides, smashing up my spleen, stomach, liver, kidneys, lungs. They broke through the brittle white ivory that made up my skeleton, making sure to leave no bone unturned. They even destroyed my skull and scooped my brain into jars. And after all was said and done, they cleaned up my remains like fallen hair in a barber shop and swiftly left the room. How how did I live? I'm not entirely sure. They stripped away every physical aspect of my being, but I was still there, a sort of bubble of floating consciousness. I could still see and hear, but I was without a material body. As jarring as that may sound, I was just happy to no longer be in pain. I didn't realize it, but Hank was still in the room, and he walked over to me and leaned in real close. Stop watching hand. See? Now that wasn't so hard, was it? 
And looky here, you've only got 18 minutes left. How will you spend it? What things will you see? Well, there's only one way to find out. Hank turned around and walked out of the kitchen door, leaving me alone in the white room. And within an instant, things began to change around me. The walls, floor, ceiling faded, revealing an array of distant stars behind them. I somehow went from being in a diner on planet Earth to floating around in the vacuum of space within mere moments. Within seconds of the room completely fading from view, I was unwillingly hurled through the universe at light speed. Everything around me blurred and my bodiless soul spun around uncontrollably. If I still had a stomach, it would have been turning. I'll never forget what I went through in the coming moments, but I'll also never fully remember it either. I wish I can tell you exactly what I experienced, but being a floating orb of pure consciousness is like being in a dream. The details of what happened are very fuzzy, and in truth, I can only tell you how I felt. That will never go away. As I traveled through deep space, I was stopped in specific locations, mostly foreign planets and dead star systems, and when I stopped, I saw unspeakable things, gruesome things, things I never knew could exist in the universe. I was plagued with disturbing sights and concepts of incomprehensible proportions, so horrific in fact that it made what the shadowy figures had done to me look tame in comparison. I don't remember exactly what it was I saw out there, but I still feel an immense dread whenever I try to recall it. I would only imagine, like, darkness. An eternity of darkness would probably make me go fucking nuts. But, like, do you comprehend it? Like, are you conscious during this eternity of darkness? Or, like, do you Absolutely. Not even know? If time is still a construct and we are still witnessing it in real time as, what, as long as what we consider time feels like, if, if, if I weren't speaking with my mouth and I was speaking with my mind and I had to live like that, bodiless for hundreds of years, I would probably, oh man, I would transcend everything it needs, it means to be human. Yeah, and it's like, and, but and beyond that is probably just a apathetic, <laughs> just eternity, witness of, of yeah. consciousness. I See, don't know. this is what, okay, it's, but it's this is what I, shit. that's like what I don't like to think about the afterlife, like, I, 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 I want to think the afterlife is just like, hey man, this is going to be an awesome time. There's going to be <laughs> beer. There's going to be pools. There's going to be Hawaiian I've shirts. I've come to terms with, with my idea of what, what I think the afterlife is, and I think it's the, the, the synapses. The, sad, the sadness? The synapses and the chemicals being released from your body into your brain at your moment of death could make you hallucinate yeah. an existence. Yes, that it could make you that. live yes, a fucking lifetime. Yeah. And that's why they say, like, you know, your life flashes before your eyes. You could be playing your greatest hits. You could be inception like making shit up. Yeah. Um, which your, is the chemicals in your brain could essentially help you live out your greatest dreams, which why wouldn't that be heaven to most people? Right. What if it turned into your biggest nightmare? That would be hell to most people. Right. I, I, I've come to this conclusion uh, on the podcast several fucking Dude, times. Dude, that would be a, a cool book. After, afterlife is, is what you make of it. I think, um, well, I, I think I loosely get that from, there's a movie called The Discovery. Um, the guy the guy at his moment of death uh, just lives the, the greatest hits of depression. Really? Um, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty great movie. Um, 
everyone around the world finds out what comes after death and everyone just starts killing themselves. Wow. You never heard of this? No, I gotta watch it. I think it is... Don't get me wrong. Don't quote me on this. I believe it's Jason Siegel and Michael Douglas. What's it called? With, I think, someone like Olivia Wilde. I think... It's called the Discovery. Discovery, and I think All it's right. based off of a book. If I if I fucking watch that, you got to read this book. That's not that long. It's like this. I will read anything. It's like this this big. Have you not been on my show? <laughs> what the fuck, man? You're I right. Read we read anything. a lot, but I didn't know if you're in this style shit. When I was in school, like Jesus, fucking, I, I, one of the only extra classes that I had to take that I really enjoyed was actually theology. Oh, I've, I've, I took a class very similar, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, wow, this is great. Um, the teacher was really captivating. And, um, you know, he we had to read one of the books, and the, I forget what it was, and then but I liked the author a lot, so I went to one of his side books, and if I remember the author, I'll tell you on the book name. But the premise is that this guy dies, and he goes to a bus stop, and the bus takes him through different stages of, like, purgatory and like who's there and what it is and then the bus like eventually loses all these people to purgatory in their own hell mm-hmm. and then it gets to heaven and they get he gets out on heaven and like the grass is like feels like diamonds and shit hmm. it's a really cool perspective of you'll like, have what to tell me what that is, is. Would, it was totally so good that. dude i would totally read i read that. it like I, dude i knew it was good because i was i read it on my own fucking time in college it's like mm. the only book i read in college on my own yeah okay i took a lot of um not just philosophical classes, but literature classes and writing classes. Like, I could have minored in English if I wanted to, but what's the fucking point? Yeah, right, right, right. You're um, like, I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna pay these guys more money. Uh, it just, I did, I did all of my electives as, as English. So, I read a lot of really great stuff, and there was a lot of stuff that I pulled away from those classes that I still hold on to. A lot of, a lot of really great books I read. So, if you have any suggestions, always throw a suggestion oh, my way. I, I tend to only read like graphic novels recently. Yeah. Um, but I did, I do have a book back there that I've been reading. Um, that's very similar to to what you just said. It's almost a, um, it's just about life and karma and the spirit. And, it's just and the cool. Like I see. Yeah. That's what like I think English doesn't get as good of a rap. Like, you can have really deep discussions in English, mm-hmm. and the perspectives of everybody reading everything and like what they grew up in, all that stuff. Like what they come up with. You're like, wow, I never would have had that thought. You know, these great conversations about it, dude. Like uh, that was that's book, the coolest book clubs, part of English. Book clubs are a fucking thing, my dude. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's, it's audible now. <laughs> Podcasts. Podcast. Yeah, we're reading to you, bitch. After what felt like an eternity of torture, I was eventually transported to what I can only assume was a location outside of the observable universe. There were no stars, or any light to speak of, not even off in the distance. I was alone in a blanket of darkness, left to suffer with the memories of what I'd endured. Just as I was beginning to accept my circumstances, a light glow appeared in the distance, and as it came closer to my position, I recognized its features. It was Hank's stopwatch. The readout was approaching zero. Ten. Nine. Eight. I started to feel wary, almost like I was falling into a deep sleep. Was that even possible in my current state? Seven, six, five. Like a projected movie, the past hour of my life appeared on the black canvas of space behind the stopwatch. It played in reverse at high speed like a VHS tape 
stuck on rewind. Four, three, two. Feeling faint, I tried to focus on the pseudo-projection. I relived everything that happened to me in the diner within just a few seconds. One, zero, poof. Just like that, I was back in the diner parking lot, body and flesh intact. My car was there next to me, right where I parked it. I took out my phone and checked the time. It was 12.01. Everything had returned to normal, somehow, to the way it was before. Elated, I jumped into my car and started it up, and I was about to drive off like a bat out of hell, but I decided to take one last look at the diner. And somehow, within its walls, there does exist an extra hour in the day. How's that possible? What's its purpose? I can't be certain. Maybe Hank was right, and option three had something to do with it. The only thing I do know is that I survived, and I won't be making another pit stop anytime soon. No matter how hungry I may be. Just then, before my very eyes, the diner lifted itself from its foundation and flew upward into the night sky. I feel like I could have done without the last sentence. I feel like it could have just ended with, no matter how hungry I may be, fuck that diner. I put it in my rear view and I continued on with my pointless, but, 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 boring life. But no, but that's like exactly the point of everything that that you're saying about this shit that, that could be. Is like, you get trapped in this thing and then you're like, boom. Oh, fuck. Well, that's I'm what I'm saying. It's, again. It's, like, it's, a, it's a well-known... Alien abductee thing. Go go watch God. some go watch some alien abductee footage. Anyone who says that they were abductive um, notes it has become a stereotype. They note a loss of time. Some people it's it's two minutes. Some people it's two hours. Other people it's two weeks. They just go missing, but and then, then they show up later. But it's like it. See that shit trips me up because I try to remember shit, dude. Like I'll be like, oh man, okay, October. This is so random. I'd be like October two thousand and four. Go. And I'm like, fuck, I have no idea what no, happened. No clue. So I look back at all this time, I'm like, was I abducted by aliens this entire time? <laughs> no, your genetic memory is just bullshit because it you're sucks. you're an organic being and, and our brains don't I know. Our brains are mush in a in a meat. It's wild. Soup, I so wish we were able we to can't, process those we memories. Can't. We can't. We live sweet. them. We experience. No, them. I know it should be you sweet can only, to be able to your, remember. Your imagination is is all you have yeah. to hold on to. Our yeah. concept of memory is transcendental in itself mm. because we are fabricating things in our minds no one's memory is is a hundred percent organic replication of what they once experienced right it's it's a pale imitation but it's so, like such a the thing about like but the idea of having to re-witness a memory yeah in this type of sense is some crazy see and I think shit. that would be a cool fucking sci-fi movie cause then you could like have somebody go to this whatever and you could like play your memories and actually see what happened and like maybe the grudges that you had against <laughs> people you didn't have cause you were wrong or like yeah. have a different perspective there but dude that's of, true that's it, true that's that's a fun fucking concept time is a fun fucking dude concept. it is because time there's like like we're talking about aliens or the, there's so much good conversation about like where does time end like what is it like we're, like you're saying like about that, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's a, it's a lot this is this shit. is what we do. We get we get stoned and we talk about if God exists and why he's an asshole, and then we talk about if time exists and why we're stupid. See, 
the shitty part about the God thing is like, <laughs> it, no, it's just like, I, it, it, I don't know. And it was actually like religion that drove me away from God because like the church I grew up in was absolutely terrible. Oh, I don't blame you at all. Yeah, and it, it sucks because like I listened to what they were saying, but then I would like look at the adults around me and like how they were behaving and I was just like, this doesn't make any sense. These guys are preaching this shit. They're not following it. So what the fuck? And I was like, yeah, I don't like this. And then I tried to like it in college, dude. And then I had a fucking professor. He he was a priest and he, he was like, he got shoulder surgery. Yeah. And he was giving people the Eucharist, like pl- like blessing Jesus into these people. And he was like, when someone like in the Catholic thing, like if you put your hand out, they put in your hand. But if you stick your tongue out, they put in your tongue. Everybody right. who, who put stuck their tongue out, he cursed them on the altar. And I was like, wow, you're a piece of shit. And you're a priest. <laughs> you're just, a piece of shit. Yeah, I was like, dude, this sucks. Like, So I've definitely not had as much faith. And like, I think this, like, from my mid-20s on, I've, I've definitely not as much faith. But it doesn't give me a negative outlook no, on I the pretty, world. I pretty I, much gave up uh, when I hit, I, I think, like, I don't know. What was I, your moment of, like, I gave up on this shit? <laughs> um... It's fucked up. When you, so I, I've, I think we should, we should close out the episode. Go ahead, dude. Close the episode. I, I had a lot of fucking fun hanging out and shooting the shit with you, no, Doctor Ankenstein. Um, this, this was an alien episode. Yeah. But it was a little bit of everything episode. It was. We, we talk about life, people, because that's, that's the pasta we, we lotsa. Mm-hmm. That's the life we are living. Uh, that, that gabagool. <laughs> you know that, that that it's the daily grind. That mean you know, Italian you, word your you grandma know, used. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so it's it's it is what you make of it, and I'm glad that you're here to uh, waste it so diligently by listening to my show. <laughs> and and I adore you. I adore you for that very fact because we're on this uh, rock hurling through space together. And um, if you experience any any sort of pleasure out of listening to something like this, then more power to you. Um, and I love you, but also go fuck yourself. Um, Dr. Ankenstein. Bam. Huh! You're my dude. <laughs> <laughs> I turned it on music mode so the light was reacting. <laughs> uh, it, was re- it was pretty, pretty cool. Um, you gotta get some serious bass in here. <sighs> Yeah, uh, this, everyone this, hopefully is a drunk. This has been us. a fun episode. This was a fun. I, we just shot the shit. I um, I I told myself that I wanted to have you back again for this season, just because I I wish we could we could hang out more and do more shit. But you know we're both adults, yep. busy lives. It just happens, bro. Um, I'm glad that we do get our time. Me too, man. Me we too. We get our time. It's cool. Um, if you're around for Halloween, I'm already gone. No, dude, God, I've, I, that'd be awesome, man. No, dude, it's. It's cool because it's like, like, uh, you'll shoot me a text, and I'll see it, and I'm like, oh yeah, and then I don't answer, and then I'm looking <laughs> through my old messages, and I'm like, oh, oh shit, shit, I never answered. Yeah, and then I'm like, yeah, dude, this is great, but you're never like, oh fuck you, you're like, all right, man, it's cool, see you soon, I'm like, all right, cool, like I'm literally not, all the time. Yeah, you have like a friend who's just like, literally, you're like, oh, here we go. I'm I am, fucking. I am. Here's here's the thing, and <laughs> and I'll even sugarcoat it for you fuckers. <laughs> I literally, I, I see this guy maybe once every like six to eight months, yeah, you know, like time. like once every year at 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 most. But really, it's 
it's hey, come on over. Uh, you can come over literally whenever, whenever as long as, long as we agree on a day. Yeah, right. You can literally come over whenever. Yeah. Uh, let's let's order up like a pizza. Let's, yeah, exactly. let's smoke some weed. Yep. And let's let's maybe play some Halo. <laughs> you know, like that's oh. I, I. I <laughs> Sorry, guys, we trying to. End it. I'm literally just trying to end the show. <laughs> I but, know. <laughs> but uh, I keep talking. It's, it's what what we're trying to say is we have a good time here. Yeah. And I, I hope to have you back again <laughs> soon. You will. Um, you will. This this is your insertion into season five, and I'm finally glad that we get some aliens out of the way. Oh, me too, bro. I feel like uh, next time we're gonna have to attack the man on high himself. Uh, we're, we're coming. I'm after, ready. We're coming after God. I'm coming after you, Christ. Wait till the days end when the moon is high. Atlanta till we stand at the shore. At the shore.